It's already playing. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, man. La, 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 la. La, 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 la. Elmo's World. Uh, Skrilla said he was going to make us a different intro, okay. but that was like seven or eight months ago, so uh-huh. I don't know if he's still going to do it or not. But I hope he does. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe one day we'll get, we'll get something. Yeah, maybe, maybe one day we won't be shitty. Hey, everyone, this is Justin, <laughs> and you're listening to Justice World. I'm here with my co-host. Sean, a.k.a. King David. And Dante has reported to us that he is still in prison. Mm-hmm. He's actually suffering from turtle soup poisoning, mm-hmm. uh, given that he ate his neighbor's turtle. So, yeah. um, And we've still raised $0 for the Dante Defense Fund. Yeah, which is even sadder, frankly. What's up, guys? Come on. (laughs) Did you see Phoenix's rant about that yesterday? Uh, No, I didn't. Yeah, Phoenix ranted in in the Ethereum Plus Dojo about how he's so so angry that nobody else is willing to participate in the Dante Defense Fund. Um, But that's, you know, it's understandable. No one ever does. Yeah. So, um, okay. So there's a lot that's happened this week. uh, But number one thing, in my opinion, the most funny thing that's happened is this Plattsburgh shit. (laughs) Weiss did a documentary on it. we got to talk about that. I want to move that right to the top of today because that's fucking hilarious. Well, there's been a few things about mining in the last few weeks. This little documentary came out like two weeks ago. um, And we kind of actually talked about... there was an article that was that came out like a couple of months ago. We talked right. about it on the show before, but this little documentary was Vice actually there in Plattsburgh, you know, talking to these people, seeing what was actually going on there, um, you know, and doing some reporting. And it's it's just it's just, it's just funny. It's fucking <laughs> funny. I mean, I mean, Don. I wish Don were here because I don't want to like misrepresent what he thinks. Uh, mm-hmm. So he'll when he comes back, he'll uh, mm-hmm. he'll he'll you know I'm sure yeah. we'll have this debate. Well, but like, um, I mean, it's it's funny because what happens here is that in Plattsburgh. Like, Plattsburgh banned Bitcoin mining Mm -hmm. for a little bit, at least. It put a moratorium on it. But what's funny, I think that what people don't realize is, like, people think that thousands of miners or hundreds of miners or dozens of miners moved into Plattsburgh Mm -hmm. and fucked with the town, Mm -hmm. right? No. Two miners moved in, and they consumed 10% within weeks. They started consuming 10% of the town's (laughs) energy. (laughs) Which is a fuck ton for just two miners in a whole town. Right. And, 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 like, within a very short period of time. Of course, people's energy bills start going up. They, some of them tripled, they said. Yes. In, in many cases, people's energy bills tripled. Yeah. And they had a little... They tripled. Had a, <laughs> they had a town council and a bunch of people showed up, but they all... all the, the whole council voted unanimously... Yeah, to, to, to put the moratorium put, on it. Yeah. Like, and, and my favorite was, like, everyone's getting up there. Like, someone made a good point. Like, there is no jobs coming to Plattsburgh because of this. Then one of the miners gets up there and he's like, this... Is a new tech startup. It's going to make Plattsburgh the center of like Bitcoin innovation, <laughs> <laughs> which is hilarious, right? Like, yeah, like, yeah. So oh, yeah, Plattsburgh's going to be, you know, the the. What's the funny to me is that like people blockchain. don't realize this: Bitcoin mining and Bitcoin innovation are not related. <laughs> they are two different things. Bitcoin mining goes into the most undesirable places, <laughs> and Bitcoin innovation needs to take place in the most desirable places. Yeah. And if Bitcoin innovation has to take place where Bitcoin mining happens, what that means is you're going to have to pay a fuck ton more to the people to live in places like Plattsburgh. Yeah. And, like, mine out of, like, a little shopping center shithole. It's just so <laughs> fucking funny to me. Like, there's such a disconnect. Not even miners know what they're doing. I mean, that guy could have been lying, but he's, he looked too stupid to, like, know that he's not being honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like, I don't think that even miners know exactly what they're doing. They think that they're, like, innovating um, by, like, being in this. And what did he say? He goes, these miners 
are doing so much more than just, you know, making this volatile currency. Yeah. Because these miners that I'm running are doing other things like banks are running blockchain. Yeah. And like he goes into these non sequiturs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just kind of talks about the very general like blockchain, blockchain innovation <laughs> is happening. So these miners are doing a lot more. Well, if you're him, though, like w- what argument would you make to why you shouldn't ban me? I would tell them, <laughs> why don't you ban toaster ovens? Why don't you ban or refrigerators? Dryers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, honestly, I don't know what kind of somersaults you'd have to do. I, 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 th- that's why I fundamentally like disagree with Dante's position that like you should want miners in your backyard. Mm-hmm. I my point isn't that you should like not have mining or that it should be illegal. Mm-hmm. It's that if mining is happening in your backyard, mm-hmm. you should ter- you should tr- do your best to do that thing you do when like that hot guy or that like untrustworthy guy comes to date your daughter mm-hmm. and you get a gun and you run them out of your fucking house. Yeah. Um, that's what you should do to minors. Well, Get them out of your backyard. NIMBY, NIMBY applies here. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying that, like, I'm not saying that it's bad. I'm just telling you, like, if a miner parked next to my house, mm-hmm. I would grab my gun and I would go there and make sure they cleared the <laughs> fucking mine out. Well, but it's also like, well, you know, if a miner moves I wouldn't into kill your town, them. I would just scare them. You scare them out. I just yeah. want to be cl- clear about that. Yeah, I yeah. And, you know, you don't grab Dante's gun. Yeah. Yeah. You don't come and buy it. You're just, you're just trying to get them out. But you, but we saw what happened here. Like they moved in. Well, someone asked me a couple a short weeks ago. Period go, of like, time. Can you give me an example of a time that Bitcoin mining has actually affected a community? Yes. Yeah. Plattsburgh, Plattsburgh New York, <laughs> right here. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, and, and I mean, like, mining is going to just eat up that electricity, and then it might be like, well, maybe there's a benefit to the town for the miners being there. Right. And you know what? Maybe, maybe, maybe. And I don't think this is the case. But well, maybe, maybe that's yet to be seen. Run. We've seen plenty of disadvantages. But there, but immediately all they saw was disadvantages. No jobs. No no industry. That, uh, you know, nothing coming in that was going to help them within just a could few. You, could you imagine months. telling like some old fat lady who milks cows for a living, like? If you kick us out, the mm. innovation will stop coming to Plattsburgh. And he's like, yeah. I don't give a fuck. I'm like fucking, you know, milking cows. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, don't you want Plattsburgh to be the next Silicon Valley? <laughs> will they take my farmland? Yes. Then no. Yeah. You know, like that's not their concern. Yeah. Like you, you get mining, you put mining in places like Georgia or China or any other place. This is a commoditized service. It does not need to happen in your backyard. You should want it gone. Mm-hmm. You and either... you, sh- you want it. You what you want to do. And here's the thing: there's a co- in, the, in in English. If you're listening and you don't speak English, which I don't know how you're listening, if that's the case, but if if you're listening, <laughs> uh, we have this like wonderful analogy in, in English. This idiom: I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. Well, mining is is perfect because it's the kind of thing that you should wish on your worst enemy. Just yeah. like be like, oh. Mining is happening. Venezuela should do it. Yeah. Or Ch- China's doing it. China. That's, that's great. China, go mine. We're competing against Fucking China mine. economically. Russia, mine. Yeah. Do it. Set that shit up. Yeah. Yeah. Let them, let them have... Just, let them just go. And you know what? I think that there's some arguments to be made. Like Some people are saying like these miners are going to like develop uh, big infrastructures for uh, renewable energy and such. That's, that's fine. My big problem with it is how, that... Like, where, where does that... I don't understand that argument. Well, in order to like mine uh, at a cheap price, eventually these subsidies will go away. Because that's the thing. B- Bitcoin mining destroys subsidies. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think what people don't realize is that uh, in a world where Bitcoin mining innovation happens as a result of, like, someone producing renewable energy resources, like, first of all, if a Bitcoin mine is, is paying for solar, uh, they're doing it because the best thing to do with that electricity is to, to mine Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. They're not going to try to produce an excess in solar. Mm-hmm. 
they're going to produce exactly as much as they need, mm-hmm. and that's it. And if there's more that they can that they can produce, then they're going to buy more mines and eat up that energy. So it's not right. like producing solar energy for the surrounding community. So I, I kind of object to the idea right. that that's what's going to happen. That would be that would be mining like altruist like there'd be like some weird altruistic element of giving the or allowing the excess energy right. to be used by other people right when that's going to really fuck you over because you're competing against you know the likes of of, of other you're right. competing against bitmain like you, Moreover, you there's, all, there's all there's all these other weird things so like let's say that they do take this renewable energy and like build an entire infrastructure because of renewable energy mm-hmm. now you have this like weird problem of these like useless asic chips that you have to dispose of tons of heat being dissipated from these places mm-hmm. like <laughs> It seems to me that it negates all of the positive effects of renewable energy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what you need to do is you need to you need to get rid of subsidies. Yeah. You need to get rid of subsidies or you need to tax mining. In yeah. my opinion, that is what needs to happen. I don't I don't know how to make it more clear, but it blows my mind that people are going to continue like pushing mm-hmm. for mining to happen in their backyard. It's a bad idea. Yeah. It's just it's 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 a terrible thing to. What's good is like with this Plattsburgh thing is it seems like there's already like you already have people that are be, like really like yeah get this mining the fuck out right. If that becomes a bigger bigger and bigger bigger problem, I would hope that the U.S. comes to some type of you know like you just said tax on mining or you know so, something regulatory against miners mining so that it doesn't happen a, here right. Mining's a goddamn goldfish. It grows to the size of the bowl mm. right. So like if you are in a country with three cent energy, like Bitcoin miners are going to eat up that energy. Mm-hmm. If you're in a city with three cent energy, Bitcoin miners are going to eat up that energy until it's no longer profitable. Right. So that's why you end up with two miners eating up 10% of your entire <laughs> city's three cent energy, subsidized energy. Like yeah. it, it's, it's completely hilarious to me. Is, um, and, and like you, you mentioned before, but like if governments, like so the Venezuelan government comes out that they've been mining Bitcoin. Yeah, like they're, which they're, it will. They're, they're, I, I want to know who's going to break that and who's going to win the Pulitzer because I'm telling you, it's it's going to come out that they are stealing all of the energy from their people yeah. and they're mining Bitcoins. And it's going to be some obscene amount, like 15% of Venezuelan energy for the last two years has gone to Bitcoin mining. Yeah. It's going to be obscene. <laughs> like, you're going to explain it through, like, brownout uh, like things. Like, oh, yeah, we, we noticed that the brownouts were happening, you know, 30% more often. That's that's odd. Interesting. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because they were mining Bitcoins at Maduro's house. Yeah. <laughs> Because um, in those cases, too, like the government, it's not there, there's nothing there's no like good government that can mine and then be like, yeah, we can find ways to like make this add value to to fucking supply and demand just happens. You can't like you can't mitigate that. You only have a limited amount of energy you produce. Mm-hmm. If you have unlimited amount of energy, then energy is free. Mm-hmm. So there has to be like there is a quasi, there is a global price. And if you don't charge the price for your energy, you lose. Mm hmm. Um, it's it's pretty simple. Like you need to get rid of subsidies, or you need to tax mining. Um, getting rid of subsidies is probably uh, probably the answer. But like, in, you know, tax it at least. Please do something. Yeah, do something. Because get it out of your fucking ba- get it out of America. Get it out of America because it seems that by the end of 2018, this this other article came out that Bitcoin mining is going to use a half a percent of all the world's electric electrical <laughs> energy. <laughs> Which is, um, which I, looked like, at, I looked at that. That, that the, the thing is, like, I think the math in that article is retarded. And okay. and the other thing is, is this: like, if you just mine, if you if you start taxing Bitcoin, if you start like actually making uh, Bitcoin mining or cryptocurrency mining generally, you will mitigate a lot of these effects. Very mm-hmm. simple. Mm-hmm. Just do it, or make your city a hellhole. 
Yeah. Like, I, I think someone should look at a map and be like, okay, where's the worst place on earth? Okay, there's Somalia, there's Haiti. That's where all the Bitcoin mines <laughs> will eventually end up. Yeah. They have to. Oh, yeah, Haiti's going to be a big one. It's going to be like, it's going to be the a giant Bitcoin because factory. Because, like, cause like, the government's going to be like, well, this is, the, this is exactly what Well, we have we all of do. this unarable land. What should we do with it? Yeah. I don't know. Grow <laughs> Bitcoins on it. Well, or even just the government tries to just fucks its people over for its own benefit all the time. Of so course. That's, that, that's the type of government The only problem mine. with Haiti is that, like, I mean, they have no energy at all. Well, so, like, it's probably, <laughs> they like, don't even have any probably energy. Probably, like, 40, 42 yeah. cents a kilowatt hour because they're probably <laughs> running it off, like, a diesel semi-truck. Yeah. They like they probably have, like, a, a semi-truck to, like, pull up, like, turn on. They'll probably they, like, try to raid, like, the, the local community with probably that. probably try to raid the DR's power or some shit. It'll That's what'll happen. Like weird, what's like, going to happen is, is <laughs> they're going to take a big, long extension cord into the Dominican Republic and plug it into there. And that will be what powers the entire side of, like, the picture the of the Haitian line side. between Haiti and yeah. the DR will have, like, all these power cords. Right. Well, like, orange. It'll be orange, like, extension cords is what it will be. Yeah. It'll be even power cords. Just like, what are those fucking orange things in the sky? <laughs> that place is such a shithole. Oh yeah. Um, okay, well, but like the mining thing, is, it's being talked about more and more, and I and you see like. Well, this... I feel like we were really way ahead of it on this. I feel like we were ahead of everybody in talking about this, which which I'm very happy about because like it it seems like one of the things that everyone was asking is if we had seen an example of Bitcoin mining fucking up a community, mm-hmm. and I think then the response was no, but it's obvious that it will. And then people were saying you're an idiot. You don't yeah. know what you're talking about. That's not how it works. Now we have examples of Bitcoin mining fucking up communities, mm-hmm. which is hilarious. Yeah. And it's going to keep doing that. Well, I, here's the thing, the guys. Anti- I, the, I, am t- I am very pro-Bitcoin mining. Yeah. I'm just telling you, if a Bitcoin miner shows up next door, you can do one of two things. You can embrace him and let him do it, or you yeah. can kick him out. And, uh, and if he's next to me, I'm not going to embrace him. Yeah. I'm going to kick him out. Well, wherever you can find an, an anti-Bitcoin narrative, for whatever reason, it's always been like, oh, it's for the dark markets. Or it's for, which, yeah, that's just, true. Just that's tell, what it's tell good for. people that. Just get them out. But the other issue that's always going to be around is like this mining environmental shit. And I think... You know whether whether you're a shitcoin trying to pump proof of stake and you're trying to use that as like a uh, as like a why your shitcoin's better. Um, I, I read this week. Someone said, "Why doesn't Bitcoin just use POS?" And I was like, "Well, because perpetual motion is better. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a better energy source." Well, like, but like that, that's 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 where a lot of the the like people are gonna like point to that and be like, "Well, you know, you gonna- know what we need is a flux capacitor." Yeah, we need uh, we need. We need to use proof of stake and, and just, you know, that way we'll have infinite energy. Yeah, we right. Have, we don't have to mine it. I think the proof of stake thing is really interesting. I'm still like, I, like th- the fact that that is still around, uh, that nobody really cares. You know, that, that, that's a thing that really worries me. And, and like, I look at this because the rhetoric surrounding uh, the, this Bitcoin, crypto, everything, um, like the rise in prices and everything sounds very similar to me to the female-led bubble in the 90s hmm. uh, of Beanie Babies. Mm. And that that's frustrating, but the difference is that Beanie Babies had this like law this this specific ending because Ty Warner was sort of like the Fed of the Beanie Baby, and he he started he flooded the market he he he, he unrestricted supply mm. and flooded the market um, even with things that like were old and rare. So like you could buy old Beanie Babies for a while that had been like retired for years, mm-hmm. um, and he kind of like just destroyed the value of these things by doing that. Uh, that was one one cause of it. it. The other cause is like it's what's that? <laughs> it's too centralized. It was too centralized. <laughs> so so well. So that so I'm wondering what's going to be the cause. Here's I mean I think uh, so. There's a, a book called The Great Beanie Baby Bubble, yeah. and it talks about that. And I think that he overstates that effect because I think that okay. like these uh, these popular items do have their life cycles. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so like I think that Beanie Babies, for example, were a fad, um, and I think it did have a life cycle. And I think that what happened is uh, Ty Warner saw that the fad was because he had all the numbers. The fad was probably starting to unpump, and so he's like, "Okay, time to dump." So he dumped it, unpumped. And uh, it just happened to be that it was coinciding because the guy had all the numbers. Mm -hmm. So I think that's probably part of the story. Um, I don't think that's a story that's told. But my question is, like, let's say that, in fact, it is the fact that Ty Warner was kind of the uh, Federal Reserve, the Ben Bernanke, the Janet Yellen, the Alan Greenspan, the Alan Greenspan. I don't know any others actually. (laughs) I'm trying to think of of who's like, we we have a new one now. I I forget the name. The. And I forget Ben Bernanke. Ones. Ben Bernanke, yeah. The, I like Ben Bernanke. Alan just referring to him. Yeah, yeah, he was. Um, but like, uh, if he of Beanie Babies, yeah. Um, we don't have one of those for cryptocurrency. So like, yeah. each of these things, I mean, they could just pump forever. Oh yeah, I don't. And that really weirds me out. Like, wait, wait till Karma Coin comes back. Yeah. Well, I didn't know a lot about like bubbles and how they're kind of like this weird economic phenomenon, and they they occur sometimes, but you don't always know like when it when it's actually going on necessarily. Like like bubbles are weird, right? Like like whatever, however you want to sum them up, like they're they're a weird occurrence. I don't know if this is a bubble or not. It seems like it might be, um, but like, well, there's here's the thing. Like we talked about this number of times. These these fucking like um, items are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these 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 fucking bubbles are very difficult to tell mm-hmm. when you're in the middle of it. That's that's 100 percent true. But like, um, you know, like what bothers me is that the price is fundamentally divorced from any sort of like value proposition at all. Mm-hmm. So you have any of these little coins, like people are in them to get rich, which is fine, um, but they have no fundamental value proposition, whatever, mm-hmm. none, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't seem to matter even slightly. Like you could, or at least you could say you're literally building matter, a time machine. It doesn't matter right now, right? And like, I, it, does it ever begin to matter? That's a question, right? And it's one of the things that we have to just wait and see how it how it pans out. You know, like the space can everything everything on the across fucking coin market cap can pop up again as Bitcoin pumps. It, 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 like the the it'll individually go through their own pumps. Like I, I don't know, right? Um, but like you know, it, it just it, because of the nature of this thing, it's it's complex. It's hard to understand. There's a lot of war. You know, there's there's a lot to it. It's very different, and it can sustain itself longer. Did be divorced from value this, longer. This morning, yeah. this, this morning, the queen apparently at the wedding uh, showed up uh, in a very like a lime. Cream. A lime green jacket to the wedding. Okay. Because uh, okay, for those who know that we're recording right after Prince Harry and uh, Meghan Merkel mm-hmm. is that her name? Markle, Merkel. She's Tree. American, right? Meghan yeah. Merkel Tree. Uh, she they got married, and the Queen had this giant lime. Green, just I'm looking at Twitter. The Queen had a giant lime green coat on, and people are green screening it. Oh, <laughs> so have, like, that's great! Like they have like they have one here. It looks like it's a pizza. A pi- is it someone put pizza on? Uh, so some are putting like very colorful things. Someone put Prince uh, Prince Princess Diana on her shirt. Uh, just very funny. Like they're just using the the green screen effect, which is hilarious. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's very funny. Did anybody, yeah. did anybody? I guess someone thought in advance that like maybe maybe wearing green. Maybe this wasn't a great idea. Yeah, you I guess think, not. You think they'd all like know not to wear colors like that? I, like, I don't know that it matters. Like, I just think it's funny. Like, yeah. I don't know that. I don't think you can plan for memeization. I guess yeah, but like, I feel like people have like, worn green and been memed that way. I, have they? I've never seen that before. But this is very funny. Yeah, like it's it's she's she's very <laughs> handsome and it she looks good. It looks good on you, Queen. But like, it's fucking funny. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh huh. 
Oh, that's Man, great. she is so old. Yeah, she's an old lady. She's still kicking. She is. It's so. Kicking. It's it's funny how like not to diverge, but like too much, but like this wedding thing really really ate up like everybody's attention. Dude, because like the, 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 like, the Texas oh shooting happened a couple days ago. Right. And by a couple, I mean yesterday. Yeah. And uh, and and I'm hearing nothing about it today because everyone wants to watch this happy event. Yeah. Which maybe means we don't have to like endure another like. Six months of like gun control. I, I don't. Shit. I don't think we are. I think because oh, you be so nice. you pointed it out too. Like the the kids are probably going to be different types of kids. I think but, that but it's, this, it's in Texas, so like maybe they'll actually do something about yeah. like I don't know fixing the school or something like that. Yeah, like I, I don't but, know. But the news is weird. Like if when something like that happens, if they don't like talk about it straight for like a week, it's just done. It, it just goes away. It goes away. And I, yeah. this wedding might break that whole shooter store i don't know it will, i guess I, we'll dude, I, I figured out how to fight this if, if you okay so like all of you conservatives out there who don't want to like have the gun debate with people and 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 who resent the <laughs> fact that children are running that debate it's very simple mm-hmm. just agree with them tell them yes i agree we need to get rid of the second amendment and we need to start by getting rid of things that promote gun violence so in this household we no longer allow Fortnite. <laughs> David Hogg will like shut that down so fast. Like, no, 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 no! I love Fortnite. Yeah, and that's that's all you got to do. And then like, just like that's it. Like, oh yeah, I agree. We I also support the gun control issue that you're advocating. We need to be a consistent family. We're getting rid of Fortnite. Yeah, and then like watch your kid melt. Just ban all video games. Just just like all violent video shooting video. Let's go back to that. You have to Barbie. Barbie's Dreamland is the only video game you're allowed to play. Yes. Um. And and even that is a little questionable because of the Me Too movement. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Barbie's being sexualized. Right. So you gotta like you gotta play fat Barbie. Yeah. Is there a fat Barbie? <laughs> there should be. Like, I, I want fat Barbie, and then I want like obese Barbie. Well, yeah. Fat Barbie and obese Barbie. That's like a slightly, like slightly overweight Barbie. Like, if you could like, like customize Barbie to look like you, you know, I would have. I would like my Barbie. This is a giant Barbie. ham beast on a well, scooter. Just, you know what I like? It's like I, someone should make a Barbie game where you can like make Ken look like you. Like, like you know. So I would do it like way, way up. You know, fat face. Yeah, like how how pretty from like on a <laughs> scale of like pretty to hideous, like way hideous. Okay, well that looks like me. And then I would like play the game because then I would be like Ken getting all the hot chicks. Yeah, right. You'd be you'd be you'd be the guy. With I'd be all the chicks, I, like that would yeah. be the only way. Like a simulation is the only place where I'm going to walk around the world. And get, that's how I know we're not in a simulation. By the way. You're not. You don't look. I'm not getting all the all the hot (laughs) chicks. If this is really my reality, then do you know how many like I would just be? I'd be like walking around the street and I'd be walking. All the girls like, hey, hey, how you doing? (laughs) I dream of that. Yeah, Yeah, I I, I wish that people would catcall me. Okay, so last week after we had a little discussion about how banks are going to start doing that, by the way, if you see me in the street, catcall me, please. Uh, How how (laughs) banks are going to like how blockchain can actually innovate banks. Um, I think my thesis was basically that blockchain is going to give banks inspiration Mm -hmm. for some of the things that they can probably do from a UI perspective Mm -hmm. and uh, and that that could actually change some aspects of banking. Um, in the way that like going to the moon gave us space blankets, even though uh, going to the moon itself may have been an useless activity. Mm. So someone commented on that section that we already have a lot of the suggestions. Like I was saying that you could have an app. It was descriptive. Right. Yeah. Where you could like literally pay somebody. Um, they said we have Zellpay and, you know, like PayPal, these other things. So those are not the same thing. And here's why. In Bitcoin, when you pay somebody a Bitcoin, that Bitcoin is itself the payment. When, it, when you send it to the other person, 
that is settlement. Settlement is one of the hardest problems in banking right now. It's super hard. And I don't know, uh, I don't think that blockchain itself does anything for settlement. But uh, if we can accept that tokens or tokenized value is in fact the, uh, like the bearer asset of value, then you could potentially build an app that allows people or build a system that where, let's say, the Fed has a centralized ledger that allows banks and individuals both to settle in an instant. And that's very different than Zelpay, which is just an acknowledgement of money in a bank account. And then what you would have is you'd have very different things. You'd have like money on your phone that's actually the money, and then you'd have money at Wells Fargo, and that would be like insured money. And that would be like Wells Fargo's bucks, and Wells Fargo as a result of having that insured and the advantages that come from having that in the bank uh, in their custodianship is going to have like access to the Fed or access to like whoever has that database. And in fact, you know, like it, it's it's a it's a different kind of it's a different kind right. of set of systems. It's, and I don't think that the, I don't think that that's yeah. unreasonable. It, the Zelpay kind of reminds me of like Venmo or whatever. And I think even commented Venmo, like these platforms where you can just move money around. But like it's not you're not moving money around. You're right. you're you're actually you're moving money around and asking the banks to then do back a house settlement, which mm-hmm. is okay. Um, and my, my point is that there may be a way to actually fix some of the back house settlement mm-hmm. with blockchain-like interfaces that are not blockchains. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they are, but they're a one-place-held one blockchain. They're just databases. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that this is something you couldn't do before. I think mm-hmm. it's something you could probably do, but like hasn't been done because it's uh, banking is slow and uh, it's very difficult to... Um, you can't really experiment. Whereas mm-hmm. like Bitcoin has allowed us to try things out. And uh, I don't know that like very many bankers really understood sort of the cryptographic principles of like using private keys and public keys the way that Bitcoin does. Um, so Bitcoin allows us to experiment on a massive scale and has allowed us to kind of innovate in a way that uh, maybe allows you or someone else to like do with banking what you would want to, um, you know, in a way that allows you to have custodianship of your own money. Mm. Custodianship of your own money does come with a lot of risks, especially with a... But everybody wants some custodianship, right? You want $100 in your wallet, you know, or $50. You want mm-hmm. that. Um, there, there are nice things to having, like, some cash on you. Yeah. But you want enough... You, you don't want any more than you're willing to, like, oh, whoops, my phone fell in the toilet. Right. You know? Um, so, like, you, you don't want to, like, have so much value on you that it's just gone. Uh, what you, you do definitely want insured value. Mm-hmm. You want that. And you... De- I, I don't... I don't know how debt systems uh, like like in the future are going to look, but like I, I think they'll probably look a lot like they do today. And you definitely want those institutions able to make money on like lending it out. Mm-hmm. So fractionalization of the debt doesn't seem like a big problem. Maybe it is, but I haven't been. I, I don't see that it's like hugely risky. We haven't had a major set of bank failures since like you know 1928 or whatever it was. And even the most recent set of bank failures that happened mm-hmm. with the housing crisis. They paled in comparison to the numbers in the 20s. Right. Paled. And nobody lost their money this time. Whereas in the 20s, if your bank failed, you were done. Yeah. Well, it's also that even if you experience a failure and you're affected by it or, or not, whatever, the benefits of the system we have, you could, qu- you could quantify it and how much value you can obtain over like a, a X number of years versus like how – like if we didn't have that type of system, growth would be a lot slower. Like – you know, I think, the, you know, a lot of these, like, I guess it's, what what is it, the Austrians, you know, they, they, they kind of view this as like, well, you know, it's not stable and, it, and it's it's a bad way of, um, you know, of, of, of doing money. The other type would be would be much more uh, solid. But, like, the growth of, of what we've experienced just 
like if, even if you went through losses, like you, you you're the value that you're going to gain in the next decade is going to be going to be immense. And even, and like you just said, I mean, like this last one was bad, but it wasn't like you you know it seemed like we recovered pretty quickly within a few right. short years, and you didn't have people like and here's the, here's the other consideration. Death, like you know? let's say that banks do start to innovate on these UIs and such uh, in a way that is like Bitcoin like. Um, it's not gonna that that doesn't change the world. Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't add seventy three percent more value to things, right? That might be a thing that adds a tenth of a percent more value to your life, mm-hmm. and that's how like innovation happens. It adds small amounts of value in aggregate. All of the amounts of value added every year are like nine percent, right? But like every innovation in itself, small amounts of value to the entire ecosystem. Bitcoin adds quite a bit of value because it allows you to like take advantage of like dark markets and like some remittance stuff. There's definitely some big advantages there, mm. but like it's like remittances isn't like revolutionizing remittances by like 2% or 3% um, isn't going to make the global value addition be like 16%. That's not how that works. Mm. And I, like even, even in transactions, like let's say credit cards, uh, you know, are inefficient by, you know, 4%, you know, uh, of of Bitcoin in certain transactions, like maybe thirty percent of transactions or ten percent of transactions, like that's not going to revolutionize the world either because the majority of transactions are still going to be more efficient with credit cards, mm-hmm. and you know maybe that changes someday. I do like the idea of having person to person settlement with with uh, with with money and cash. Um, I do think it like it makes it a little bit harder to use some of that uh, in a world where like you're I don't know paying. <laughs> Paying some merchant in the street in like Somalia, um, but I don't well, know. Like right. using Bitcoin like <laughs> mechanisms might mean that you can go to your bank and actually like uh, print cash out from a machine, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. Right, and you can just easily pay, um, you know, from 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 your from your devices. Well, you really could like literally settle with machines in that way, right? Like yeah. they could literally give you paper. And uh, they could either print you off like some amount in denomination or they could print you, you know, it gets rid of a lot of like weird problems. And, uh, you know, that would be really kind of cool. Like you just print a piece of paper out and that's your cash. Mm-hmm. It'd be weird for money generation. <laughs> like I could see that. I could right. see a world that looks a lot like the Bitcoin world that we've per- that we have like created. Um, but where the Fed has like a centralized database or something of that sort. And uh, and nothing really changes. You still have paper money in that society. That's what's kind of cool about it, mm. and uh, and that's that's like a very different world than like I think a lot of Bitcoiners are imagining because they all they're they're painting paintings of you know banks burning right now. Yeah, Did you see that shit? <laughs> I saw that. Oh my god! Like local branch banks burning. Like okay, guys. Yeah, banks are in the business of custody. Well, it, by the way, they're not in the business of helping the Fed, as many Bitcoiners think. They're in the business of custody. Yeah. So, like, the Fed makes, like, makes, gives them a product that they can have custody of, but it does not mean that that's the only thing that they want custody of. So, Bitcoin's not going to destroy the banks. It's going to give them another thing to make money on mm-hmm. so that they can, when they provide insured custody. All right? That's it. That's the analysis. Done. Well, people just don't get banks. They Isn't don't. They don't understand what a, banks do. Yeah. And in finance and banking is complicated. There's a lot of moving parts. Fuck yeah! But by the way, this Zelpay. Did you did you see their site? If you scroll down on their site, they show like these people and like what they do. And like, there's this like black lady, and she just looks like more jacked than I would like. Assume. Really? Yeah. At first, I was like, "Is that looks is like a black man?" Trans person? Yeah. I was like, "It's kind of funny." I don't know. Oh wow, that is a jacked <laughs> black lady. Like, holy you, shit! Like, you see the tricep and shit. I'm oh my like, god! I'm like, damn! Like, 
What are they trying to say there? I I, I don't know. I, I just figured it was like a. I would not a, share a bathroom with her. It was a diverse. Oh know. my god, that is a. <laughs> that's just a funny sight. I saw that. I was like, that's that's no, that's that's no is that a, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. What? I just haven't seen that on like like a site for like an app. That is clearly a, a message going there. And what is she like? <laughs> what is going on there? I don't know. That's weird. That's um, dude. That is that. That image is going to become a meme. <laughs> fucking jacked person like that. The future uh, of finance. You ever use Zelpay? <laughs> I haven't. No. Okay. It's it's. I mean, it, it it functions like a Venmo. It's like a, a you know multi bank response to Venmo. Yeah. Which is cool, but it's just not. You know, it's a it's very far away from what. You know, Venmo is easy. You know what I don't yeah. like about Venmo is that like it broadcasts to your friends whenever you make a payment to a prostitute or for drugs, um, and like I don't really understand that. Oh, because you can see other people. I don't Everyone's use transactions. It. So you can, you you can, can fucking see, see it. I don't really under. I don't. Maybe you could shut that off. But like, I'm, I'm well, too old to I, figure that. Out. I think kids like when they would pay each other, like they would say, "Oh, this is used for cocaine or hookers," yeah. which is funny because the responses to make all transactions seem like they were used for. Yeah, just say it like hooker. Yeah, hooker. Porn. Porn. Blow. Yeah. Blow. Um, Scrabble. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Also, the other stupidity that came out of that whole mining thing was that a lot of people that were trying to argue against that article were talk- were comparing the energy usage of banks. And they were talking about like... Oh, the you energy saw Alan uses, Silbert did that, yeah. Like, of the building, right? Like, that's what they're trying to, like, justify. Dude, Bitcoin is its own thing. It's like... <laughs> right. I mean, like... Like, like it's saying weird... that, like, Bitcoin <laughs> needs to be compared to the energy usage of banks. I, I don't know what analogy you have, but, like, Bitcoin's like a thing you, you find in the ground. Mm-hmm. It's new. It's amazing. It's, you know, not tactile, but, like, it's like, it's like oil. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I don't know. Like, it, the energy of, ex- of oil extraction was never, like, compared to anything. What do you... You know, what like... How does this compare to the extraction of granite? Like yeah. it's it's not a relevant question. Yeah, it's a weird it, point. It, it's different. It's different than what it costs to run a, a banking system because it's not a banking system. Mm-hmm. It's like you know you, you got to compare the cost of you know the, the the homeless shelters when you have a bunch of homeless people move into your town. Right. What's the energy output there? Right. Because, <laughs> because you don't want that in your town either. It's just it's just dumb. Like these analogies are really dumb. Um, and they shouldn't be, they shouldn't be used. Yeah. Like just, just understand like Bitcoin is its own thing and it's innovative. It's amazing. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's just incredible. It's an incredible piece of technology. You don't have to like figure out if somebody doesn't understand its utility. I don't think you have to like go through like the somersaults of like explaining that this is in fact, um, you know, cheaper than running a bank. It's just, it, it, it may or may not be, that may not be true forever. If if you're going to go down that route, uh, what happens when it does consume four percent of the world's energy? Right. You know, then you're going to have like weird problems because it will be much more expensive than running a bank. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. So speaking of use cases and utility, um, there's a few things that have been going on. One one we you you kind of you kind of knew or I think we knew about this was like the the Supreme Court overturning the the sports gambling. Right. Um. Is it Supreme Court of New York? Uh. It was the Supreme Court of New Jersey, and I don't know what effect that has on. Uh, I mean, well, I I know what effect that has on betting, but like, I, I don't know like what what where the that betters I've been talking to say that it isn't going to change much. They think it's going to get a lot of people into betting, but that mm-hmm. betters themselves, the current like uh, high stakes guys, are not going to like modify their behavior much. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, even if you, even if you take these vices and you make them legal, now you have regulatory. Like they're, they're going to get regulated. Well, you and can, the regulation it might, might be better to like put your money into like an Iranian like bookie operation, right? That you trust it might right. Like there's always going to be areas where it makes more sense to use like the the you know do, do the thing where Bitcoin you lets might you finance Bitcoin, like, right? Like what if North Korea tomorrow decides to open like a bookie operation, has the best lines, and they have a history of paying out? Yeah. Like okay, you know. I found out uh, through my reading the last few months, I found out that there's like this bank, tr- there's this uh, racetrack in Hong Kong that all, like apparently if you're a real deal horse gambler, horse better, mm-hmm. that is the racetrack you bet at. In Hong Kong? Uh-huh. In Hong Kong. Hong Kong. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh-huh. Just the, lot, like. it's, it's the place where like they have the most trusted, there's like they never really have incidents of like horse fixing. Um, they are extremely trusted. Uh, I think their lines are more transparent than other horse racing establishments. We'd have to get a, a, like a horse race uh, gambler on to like explain what it is. Mm. But apparently this is like the place to go. And in fact, there's a great article this week or a couple weeks ago that was released by a guy who actually started. Uh, he treated horse racing much like a financier would. And he made like four billion bucks. Wow. Yeah. Like, like betting on Hong Kong horse races. On Hong Kong, when was this? Like, what, what period? Recently, of time? like, like from like 2000 to like 2014 or something like that. Huh. Wow. And just like what he knew from finance and applying it to like. Well, he, all he did is he took like he took. They started building models for like um, things like expected uh, return on uh, you know a horse with these traits, um, chances that this horse you know breaks his leg in the middle of the race, chances that the jockey mm. will fall off and be trampled by the horse behind them. You know, like they just put everything in. Uh, how does a horse act in the rain? Uh, chance or how does a horse act on, you know, whatever track? And they just, they built this model out and they basically would just bet the model. Huh. And they would just do it all day long. And there, there were these weird stories. Like you can read it. One of them is they, they, <laughs> they hit, they hit. So one of the things that they did was um, in Hong Kong, they had this like rule about, uh, about, who could bet and how how they like like if there's unclaimed bets for example it goes into like charity mm-hmm. um and so they they started like banning i think external bets like bets that weren't placed in the building so he he had these bets that he placed um where i think i, I i'm not exactly sure of how it worked but basically like he won uh, a giant jackpot and then he let it like expire as a way to like basically pay the city to let him continue betting, huh? So that it went to this charity, um, and you know, favor it worked out. His competitors like were kind of like quasi barred, and he was continued to let go. Um, and in addition oh. to that, there's there's like he's got these like rules of like fair betting. So like for example, uh, in one case they win. I think it's a trifecta, whatever it is. Where they win like twenty million or sixteen million dollars on one bet, and he looks at the ticket and he's like, holy shit. And he looks at his partner and he's like, we can't claim this, can we? And he's like, nah, it wouldn't be fair. So they, they, they were making so much money that they were leaving like $16 million and $30 million wins on the table. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And like so much money that they're like, we'll make that up next week. Wow. Oh, yeah. Because like they can't, they, they claim all of it. Like it, it's going to be too much. Well, no, it's, they have rules about like the kinds of things they can claim. So like, for example, if they, they just bet what the computer tells them to bet. And if it bets this and this and this, then, you know, but if they like win some of them, like it's a problem. They like, they, they don't, they kind of, so they basically have this like weird uh, thing where they have to kind of donate a certain percentage of their winnings to the city. Um, they have like a set of things they consider fair, s- things they consider like less fair. 
Um, but they basically figure out which bets are undervalued, and then they make those bets. Mm. And they just decided, you know, the kinds of the hard to not. Right, and I think I I don't know, but I which imagine I imagine they're using like the Kelly money management system or something mm. like that to do it. Do you have a moral obligation to exploit an inefficiency to its full extent? I think that's a really good question, <laughs> and I don't know. <laughs> Like, like, is it better to exploit it? Just like, I don't whatever happens, I, I, or is I, it? I actually struggle with that question a lot because it's a very obtuse moral question. Well, it's weird. Um, I don't, I don't. It's very obtuse because, like, I, I mean, that's what the Co- the Koch brothers do, and everybody hates them. But they're also multi multi billionaires, and the result of exploiting inefficiencies is better regulation for those inefficiencies. Right. Because so you, you you have to adapt to like how they're attacking the system. Right. I, mean, it, it, I, I see it as like a. You know, hackers attacking a system, and well, that's the thing. By making like, the that, system that better is, and stronger, that, because that is the like, question. Like, it, but you know, then then there's a question. Like, uh, you know, are you are, is the thing you're doing one of those? Is it like the nuclear option? Where like, well, you know, we do have these nuclear weapons. We could just destroy the world and be the last like uh, set of people to stand in humanity. You could do that. Is that something you oh, want you're to taking do? It into I, like that realm? Well, yeah. I'm just saying, right. like that. The, the question is, is is that the like equivalency? Uh, like when a person goes in and is like, well, I mean, like this lake exists, and we could make a shit ton of money if we just like dump like the nuclear waste we're producing right into the lake, mm. and then like the like the entire lake ecosystem dies, right. everything destroyed. Well, and like let's say it costs like twenty five million dollars to like restore the lake to like some semblance yeah. of what it used to be. Like, was that ethical? I don't know. We, we, it's we, a very obtuse argument. It's a difficult yeah. one to have. I think we know morally that like the nuclear thing is definitely not something that we'd be okay with. But the Koch brother thing is kind of like you know I, I think a lot of people think it's would, would think it's immoral. But they you know but at the same time like the, the Koch brothers incentivize it by the way they pay their employees when they find those exploitations <laughs> and, and like it's like okay so here's an area um, it doesn't seem to be regulated well mm-hmm. and and the maximum we can be fined if we're caught is this much. And here are the chances of us getting caught. So that person will be rewarded on the expected return, I believe, and not the actual amount that they make. So, like, if, for example, they start doing it and they get caught right away, I think that manager still makes, like, their big bonus mm. for finding, like, things that, that have high expected returns. Right. Well, that's, 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 the, that's the best thing to do. It's because, amazing, like, right? To find those things, you need, you know, you're, you're going to want to rely on... So now the question is, are they immoral? I don't know. Like, I, I, I have a problem with sort of the, the Randian utilitarian... Um, worldview that says that like all things should be like chalked up to their utility, mm. but the, the 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 thing is that like externality management by the government when a government actually like finds people correctly or prices and externalities accurately, mm-hmm. that does remove the need for a moral framework, mm. which is probably. Uh, which may be good well, or bad. I don't know. But right. Like, because it's like, like, well, because if, you, if you're able to exploit those inefficiencies, do you have a moral obligation? Do you, do you have an obligation to make the moral judgment on whether or not it's moral? Because if you, if you, if you decide to exploit it, then, then, you, then you make that judge, you pass the judgment call into the government to like put, like, you, you know, put, put that well, framework that's in place. Not, that's, and then, a, that's a housing crisis question too, right? Right. Like people I, knew that that was happening and some people were just making a ton of money on it as it was happening. Right, they were, they were, they, they, they had, they had, they knew that that was going on, but pushed forward with it anyway. Because if you think about it in the in the really really long run, like you you could almost, I mean, most people wouldn't understand this, but you could make the argument that like by doing this and letting it like go the way it did, uh-huh. um, that now now we're better insulated against that from happening in the future, right? I don't know. I, I have no idea how to even like. <laughs> well, that's that's the <laughs> like thing. Whether, like a lot of it, whether like, it's like moral or not, like. 
it, well, it's I, I don't think I don't think that moral is the right question, and that's my point. Is like I okay. think so. I think I think when you talk externality management, you kind of the reason you walk into like morally ambiguous territory is because you literally are removing morality from the qu- equation. So, like for example, again, if you have a a lake and you can dump nuclear waste in it, destroy the entire ecosystem. Let's, let's say for the sake of argument, nobody's hurt, but like their lake is shittier, and it costs twenty million dollars to restore the lake to its original exact natural beauty. Um, then, was it immoral for you to have dumped if the government comes along and charges you exactly what the cleanup costs were, plus a little penalty, so that everyone's a little better off? That's I mean, that's a hard question. Mm. Uh, right, and, because it's actually you doing that. Right, because well, then you have to like go to the next extent. What happens if someone got sick? Yeah, and died. Like right. it, it wasn't fun for that person, right? Like that's 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 what the problem. Is. Like humans have like a limited like span, and we can certainly put a value on human life if we want. But like you know, it's I, I don't like it, it's morally ambiguous. It's very rough. It's I don't a like very putting, difficult discussion, right? I don't like putting the value on human life because it's like you know one one person dying is is that's a catastrophe. You can just put a number on that, and, and but weirdly the market. You kind of have to like there's in, there's industries where like you kind of like I'm guessing insurance healthcare like you, like you have to you have to quantify everything in terms of like how much our human life is. is well, worth. there's actually other ways that people have like tried to calculate it. By the way, they, so there's a couple things that people do. So number one, some economists have taken high risk jobs with, with a known death rate, and they have basically calculated how much more a person needs to uh, be paid uh, per like chance like per percentage chance of death. Increase. So an economist goes to like a weird oil rig somewhere and works on it to figure out like. Well, and, and studies like what are salaries like here? What yeah. is the chance of death on that oil rig? Like what is what is the compensation for the risk people are willing to take for extra chances to die? Now it's a little bit difficult because like death is a zero sum, so you don't like partially die; you just die, right? right. Unless you're a Hal Finney, in which case your head is frozen, you may, <laughs> or may not be dead. That's the Heisenberg, the Heisenbergian argument of death. Um, but like. Yeah, they, they so I think I think that they have it somewhere around seven million dollars, and uh, in order to like do something that would like cause you to die, you might like you know if there's a fifty percent chance of death or something, you might you might do it for seven million bucks, maybe, hmm, maybe, right, huh, and that, that so that's the number. That's what's, that's that's what's that's like like a, there, there's problems with the math, yeah. but be, and, and for the reason I articulated that death is not like it's a zero sum, mm-hmm. so it's a difficult thing to actually calculate. But like it's an yeah. interesting thing to think about because you realize like oh yeah seven billion is a lot. I might take more risks for that. Yeah, you know like on Fear Factor, I might I might play a game that actually like could cause my death. Yeah, like would you take a ten percent risk of death for seven million bucks? Yes, you would because. If I asked you ten percent, yeah, yeah, I mean, you go to prison for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, seven million bucks, you know. Of course, I mean that's that's the you know it's, but huh, that uh, that's interesting. Uh-huh. Um, so 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 okay, I'm looking here. Also, well, I, I put in here like some Bitcoin use cases because like you you know, with all of the speculation, all of the hype, you know. I think it's good to kind of think about like w- like areas that Bitcoin's used. And it's nothing really new, but we had some things happen recently. Like Australia banned cash. Um, s- what's that about? So apparently, it was all cash purchases over like seventy five hundred or ten thousand dollars in Australian dollars and in, in dollar dues. <laughs> if you have more than ten thousand dollar dues, um, you you can't make those transactions. Which th- that ten thousand number, I, I I've seen that elsewhere within like 
like U.S. law when it comes to like how much you're allowed to carry on you or transfer or whatever. Like you can't you can't walk through an airport with like more than ten thousand dollars in cash on you, right? There, there's like weird shit like that. Right. So like that's not really making anything like that illegal. It's just there's areas where like bigger transactions or 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 certain types of transactions are always like th- there's going to you know be a problem there that Bitcoin might be able to solve. Um, there were some other articles that came out, and these were I wasn't like 100 percent sure on some of these, but like I ran like some commenting about them getting into uh, Bitcoin, like well, maybe trying to mine like Russia apparently want to like transact in Bitcoin to avoid international sanctions. I saw that as yeah, that was a that was an article that I'm I saw. Pretty happy about that. I like that idea. Yeah, I mean I, I don't know how you would have two countries uh, exchanging money in Bitcoin, considering the amount of like Bitcoin you would need. Right, it would be you're right. You'd have be astronomical. Yeah, like unless there's you're not enough twelve dollars a day in like you know trade. Right, because like they're trading, they're trading like huge thing. Like like there's not enough liquidity right now. I just like I just like the idea of like having to call like Cumberland Miner and be like, I need four forty to eighty billion dollars in Bitcoin. Yeah. Like, wait, what? Yeah. If uh, that's it, just forty to eighty billion. Yeah. Well, the market goes only up. <laughs> <laughs> that's like half the market. Bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't know. Like, do you, do you like? I don't know. I don't know a lot about how countries like operate. But when you have these governments that are kind of like you know not well, on well, the the announcement's stellar because like if if they actually are talking about that, that means that they have a fair amount of it stocked up. Right. They have to provide their own liquidity in some ways. So like these countries have they been like stocking up on this shit? Is that what's been going on? Maybe are, are they like? I, I don't know. Like that'd be where that'd are they going to get their liquidity? They have to get it from somewhere. Right. So have they been secretly buying this up? And, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I have no idea. It could be that that's responsible for the rise. I, I don't mean, know. Like you, it just, you see it articles just, like this, and it's like how you know to, to what even if that's even partially true. To like if what they're even, even possibly matter, like, talking about it. Like is Venezuela providing all of the bitcoins for the like world's global like dictatorships? Was that was that part of their move with the Petro? Like could is be. there some weird? Who the fuck knows? Maybe it's backed by like crypto, like Bitcoin and oil. Yeah. Who the fuck knows? But, like, that to me, like, where would they find liquidity otherwise? What are they going to do? Send, like, Iranian dollars to, like, Cumberland farms or right. uh, or, or to, or like, like Barry Silbert or something or like that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, Circle, hey, this is the Iranian government. I know that your government has <laughs> sanctions against trading with us. Yeah. We'd like to send you some Iranian, uh, you know, pesos. And that's, that's what they trade in Iran, Iran by the yeah. way, pesos. Um, and we'd like, to, we'd like to get in exchange Bitcoin. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's no way that a company in the U.S. would be able to do that. I don't think that there's external liquidity sources. Maybe in Russia there's some. Um, but for that much money, I, I don't know. So they must have some way that they think they can get this cash. Mm-hmm. Bitcoin cash. Yeah. <laughs> They're gonna call Roger. <laughs> That's what's gonna happen. Gonna like, hey, Roger, I know that you're not an American citizen anymore. Oh yeah, he's not yeah, a, oh, yeah, perfect. Well, now we can now we now we can spread his uh, what is it? Nap is nap. Yeah, uh, across uh, across, all, across the, the great the great worlds of <laughs> with, Iran and with Venezuela. the great governments of, of yeah, the, wonder, the most some of the most peaceful governments I've ever seen. Somalia, yeah, all the places that just need Bitcoin Cash in order to like <laughs> transact. So Roger, that's I, I would love to find that out. That would be really funny. Well, yeah, like I mean, I I needed I wanted to support Bitcoin Cash because it's the best way to provide peace. So we we sold some to India. They indicated that they needed it to buy some nuclear weapons to bomb Pakistan with, which was okay in the short run because you know Bitcoin Cash. We needed to like prop it up. Yeah. So. Um, we okay, need to so, support Satoshi's vision. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! I mean, like if, if Australia banning cash is interesting. So do they are. Is it, this is going to happen in 2019? Okay. Like, this was this. I mean, this was this article was circulating. And it seemed legit. 
Um, it's, it's banning cash for all purchases over seventy five hundred dollars. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's I'm interesting. To make it clear. Yeah. So I, who uses cash for that? Well, uh, it's people <laughs> Amish people. Amish people. <laughs> so that's the thing. Like, I would, if I were Amish, I would be like in in the Supreme Court here, being like, no, that's all we ever buy is is things with our cash, right? Uh, but like, it, it's obviously targeted. At, I mean, like everyone like, would just become Amish because the government would have to make an exception for that because of separation of church and state. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, we, we never thought of that. So, like, I guess we have Amish people who, who yeah. weirdly need to use cash. Well, e- even if we move into a world where the Western countries start legalizing drugs and shit, like, there's just going to be... Like, Whatever's like, illicit needs cash. That's right. the thing. Whatever. There are going to be things on the periphery that are always illicit. Yeah. You cannot make everything legal. And it's going to be certain kinds of trade. It might be certain things for trade. Um, but, like, there has to be illicit goods. If there's oh, yeah. not illicit goods, then that means that there's nothing illegal anywhere. I don't. Uh, I forgot where I saw this, and I wanted to find out more information about it. You might know, uh, like for example, some of these uh, marijuana dispensaries uh, are like needing to rely on the dark markets for some of their like inventory or, or, or some shit. Yeah, like it's not the regulations are such that they can they can have a legal weed operation, but they still need to use illegal weed operations outside of the regulations. For sure, and I think it had to do with like if their harvest um, doesn't pass spec, uh, regulation, like you, you don't get a shipment out, like you're fucked. Like that oh, could really be a, that could really tank your business. So I think in some cases they're kind of pushing pushed into, um, you know, like dark <laughs> large dark market That's sales. To, yeah, I, Dude, I, okay, so I watched a Netflix yeah. video this week called uh, uh, Pirates or, uh, Pirates of Somalia. Okay. So it's it's about this guy named Jay Bahadur who actually went to Somalia. He like lived my dream. He went to Somalia <laughs> and like hung out with the pirates and like interviewed them and stuff like that, which oh, is wow. what I always wanted to do. And then I found out that this guy had done it long before I even ever wanted to. So there's a book called Pirates of Somalia, and I was like, I have to read that. So I've been reading it. Okay, dude, this thing is wonderful. Um, I didn't realize what kind of free reign the pirates had. I always kind of suspected it, but they have like free reign in Somalia. They kind of just walk around. And uh, and it's an amazing culture because they 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 are just they call themselves the Coast Guard. Okay. <laughs> and and in some ways, other countries kind of have fucked them over by like overfishing their waters and such. So they go out there and they like demand ransoms and they make a shit ton of money doing this thing, which is like semi legal because it, like the Somalian government is a little bit disjointed and like they they have and they kind of had an anarchic law go yeah yeah tribal law. Yeah. So th- they've let it go, but I think they've been kind of cracking down a little bit more. But, like, it is really interesting to me, um, you know, as, as, as we talk about, like, sort of these, uh, like, you know, disparate rules and everything else for communities. Um, but, like, that, that's, that's Somalia all over. They have, like, these things that are quasi-illegal. And, and I could very well see, like, them starting to, like, demand payments in bitcoins. That would be insane. Be, it would be nuts. Well, I, when could I you think... imagine Somalia becoming the richest person on the place on Earth? <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like, everyone in Somalia, like, think about it. If they had been demanding bitcoins back in, like, 2013 or 2012. Oh, yeah. And the governments had sent it. That would be, that, that, that's the biggest ghetto in the world. Yeah, we're ransomware in your ship. <laughs> Oh my God! Could you imagine, hard. like, and, and then all of a sudden, like, th- this country where you make like eleven dollars, like, an hour, um, or a, a year, a year, you're, you're all of a sudden <laughs> holding like forty-seven million dollars in Bitcoin. You're like, I, I, that was whoops. Yeah, like oh you, God. you have like all of the money of all of the people in all, like, the entire country. Because I think of like these poor pirates. Like, I don't think of them as having a very like, you know, a, a, a lot of money at hand. So, like, are they are they fairly organized and like, like ridiculously it, really? Yeah, that's really interesting. So there's 14.32 million uh, people in Somalia. Okay. Um, I'm looking and at half are pirates. Capita. 
half are, <laughs> dude. The, they have all, the, these pirates get paid like you know nine million dollars, three million dollars per ship that they they capture. Oh wow! Um, and you know the GDP of the country still like five hundred bucks a person. <laughs> oh so I, I don't know. Like I mean, it's it's very low, um, and. I'm reading here. Uh, reached an all-time high of five hundred forty-seven dollars and thirty-two cents a year. Oh wow! They're doing well. <laughs> they're, they're growing. Yeah, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> Better than Haiti. I wish for. I forget. No, about, not really. I forget about this pirate thing. Like it's so. It's so crazy that you have like this. Like you have a shit. You have a shit. You have a shithole country where it's it, like it has a lot of people that are like affecting the outside world. Right. Because it's such a. It just you know. Well, how much, how much money is in that country? That's what I want to know. Is like, 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 he, like the Haitians are pirates. The Somalians are pirates. Right. Like, you know, that, that's that's a that's interesting. Uh, so there's 14.32 million people, 434,000 or 434 dollars and 21 cents. Uh, two, three. So six billion, 262 billion. Is that one, two, three? One, two, three. One, two, three. Six trillion dollars, something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Nah, whatever. Um, but they, I mean, they have a, like, could you imagine if those pirates have been taking money, like, in Bitcoin since, like, 2013, 2012, 2011? They would, they, they would be so wealthy. Oh, yeah. It would be the funniest world in, like, we've, we've ever imagined. Yeah. <laughs> like, would they be able to, like, build, like, just build, like, better, uh-huh. better pirate ships? And just right. <laughs> oh, like, man. That would be um, crazy. Um, I just I just want them to dress up as like real pirates. N- negative seventy one percent inflation. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that place is great. Um, <laughs> Bitcoin might be worse than that. Who knows? Yeah, it's at certain times at least it definitely is. Okay, so uh, the SEC did an ICO. Yeah, which is <laughs> ridiculous, and and this I don't really understand what they're trying to prove here because like I think. They they did this ICO that looked like every single ICO, and then said, "See, you got fooled. It was a scam." Yeah. Well, they did it to show people this is what a scam looks like. Could I do that? Can you do it just to show? That's people what I want to know. Could I yeah. do that? Not take money, but like I've collected email addresses, I've made a list, like, but I, I I purportedly was about to run a scam. It seems to me that this isn't legal, and it's also a bad thing for a government to do. Like, like that. That was well. They didn't. They didn't really do the ICO, but they 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 had the they collected f- emails. They had the form. Like, I want to know what happened. They had a whole white paper. Did uh-huh. you Did you look at the white paper? Someone spent their money doing it. They like, uh, their white paper. They talked about like the problems in modern banking infrastructure. Uh-huh. They talked about the money being passed from the Fed to banks. Like it was like it was like coming from. It was such a funny like. Well, I mean, it's Howie's, right? <laughs> so like Howie Coin. Uh, the question the question that you have to ask yourself in all these cases does it pass the. Howie, Howie test. test. Yeah. So they made Howie coin. Right. Um, and it's it's funny, it's relevant, and it's like every other ICO. So I'm like my question to them was like, okay, if this is if this is what you think a scam is, then oh. which ICO is not a scam? Right. Which one? Because this by 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 your measurement here, it looks like you think all of them. Are. All of them, which is fine. <laughs> I'm I'm very okay with that because I, right. I think that that's fair. Uh, which ICO is not a scam? Because like this is, you know. They're all fucking scams. Like that, we have we've yet to see an ICO that like has any merit. Yeah. At all, and I don't know that you ever will. Well, no, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, they're all they're all they're all scams at, at various levels of like people wanting to do a real project versus you know blatant like uh, <laughs> the 
other Ethereum Plus with the Indian guys. That yeah. <laughs> the real like, Ethereum Plus. The real Ethereum Plus. <laughs> Dude, I think we have that subreddit, which is great. <laughs> yeah, we do. Um, um, which is really funny, but like... Uh, like where 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 are they? Like 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 it's a funny thing. It's great. I, I like the joke. But like, wh- what do you what are you guys doing? Like you're going after like the really small fry here. Um, you know when are you? Are, are, is the SEC going to start coming down on on you know some of the the bigger ones? And like they all yeah. I mean well, like, speaking of so we've we've run a number of a number of times we've talked about scams and like I think my thesis on scams is that a lot of people running scams have no idea that they're running them. They're, they're, they're children. They're making claims that, like, just are never going to pan out. Um, they're generally absurd. You know, they're, they're things like we've attached a, a flux capacitor to our, our blockchain. And, like, I think that the adults here do not have the ability to, uh, to evaluate the claims, right? So a good example being my article to Barron's. I wrote an article to Barron's telling them that we can put blockchain in horse semen yeah. <laughs> uh, to solve the horse fraud problem. And what they did is they edited my article down. They took that part out and made it look very serious. Yeah. Which is funny because I don't think they knew it was a joke. Yeah, right. They thought, right. It, they they thought it was serious. So they, they just they thought, well, this is extraneous. They took out all the funny parts. Right. And, and without the funny parts, it just looked like a very serious letter. Right. About, about the amazing uses of blockchain. They're just the amazing, <laughs> the amazing use of blockchain, huzzah. Um, so, which is hilarious, because like, so, so here we have one. Uh, that's a, that's a, I always forget that that happened, and that's such a, that's such a it's hilarious. It's so fucking funny. Like, the fact it's, that they like, left out the funny parts. There was a moment, I had, I had a thing in there about like, Craig Wright, our like, wonderful lord and savior, Satoshi. <laughs> you know, it was just, it was very like, well, it was very cheeky. And once you take all the funny parts out, the rest is written, like, there's, well, it's you funny to me. Is, of, is like the humor, they, the irony. They had an like, innate sense of what was not supposed to be in there. <laughs> so they removed all of the parts. They but edited they out the other those parts. parts of the parts. But they didn't there. know that that was the joke. Right. They didn't get that that wasn't a, a real letter to the editor responding to anything. It was a joke mm-hmm. about how things are so ridiculous that you can put blockchains into horse semen. It, like I can make that claim, and and that claim is so absurd. Yet people will believe it. Mm-hmm. Not only not only might people not be, or might might people believe it, but they apparently didn't see, <laughs> yeah, the joke in it or the absurdity in it, and they published it meritously as if I had <laughs> anything to say of relevance, despite claiming that you could put blockchains into horse semen, right. and also that uh, the beauty of blockchain is that you can answer the age-old question that we all have when eating salmon, which is who is a salmon's mother and where from did it come. Right, because <laughs> you want because that's the, that's the ultimate use case for blockchain. That's the ultimate use but case. Who, like, 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 this burger? Yeah. What's the name of its mother? <laughs> well, I don't know. Let me check my blockchain information for you. I, the I mother's name was a Bessie. I need to know where it came from. Yeah. Right. Like fuck, fuck you. Like that. The, the, the uses of blockchain that are being purported are so fucking funny. And, well, uh, I and heard I somebody heard... recently say that like they they knew somebody at Walmart. Oh yeah, yeah. They, they they know somebody at Walmart, like one of the VPs. That's like, oh yeah, we've been we've been using for blockchain pork. to track pork. Do you remember? Do you remember when that was announced? Because I do. I remember when that was announced. It was you about were... two years ago. Okay. And uh, CoinDesk reported it, I think, and I remember the picture even. And uh, and and they said they were going to start using blockchain for pork uh, pork provenance. <laughs> and uh, it was a picture of like a bunch of pigs in a pen. And I was like, that is bullshit. <laughs> And uh, they're using IBM's blockchain, <laughs> of course. <laughs> I think Hyperledger is using Hyperledger form for of it. Yeah. Um, and no, it it isn't. It hasn't made your pork tracking better. 
Uh, it might be a better UI. It might be a better like, what, pork It might be better than what you had before, but it's not a blockchain. It's a, a database. You put a database in there. Someone sold you a database. They called it a blockchain, and they, they, they marked it. Like, blockchains are like weddings. <laughs> right? If you're like, I need like I need this database. And you're like, well, okay, so what's the database for? And you're like, I need it for a wedding. Oh, well, okay. Well, this database, the standard database, would have cost you 27 cents a month to run. But since it's for a wedding, that'll be $1,200 a day. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. So, like, like, what do you need? I need a database. Okay. What, well, what kind of database? You need? I need something that resembles, uh, some, you know, uh, things that you can insert into the database. Okay. So, you need... Oh, we, we now call that a blockchain. If you need a database that functions like databases have always functioned, uh, but you want to like timestamp those entries, we call that a blockchain. It would have been 27 cents a month. Mm-hmm. But now, um, in order to continue calling it a blockchain, we have to, to multiply that by 4,000. Yeah. So it's actually $1,500 a month. Um, so, but, but it does the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> but it is timestamps. Like, it's absurd. Yeah, completely absurd. It's such a crazy like claim that like they're cla- like they're saying they're using it and it's and it's better than. Well, what's that. funny is they don't know that they're Without, not. They don't right. know they're not. They don't even know. Right. I would I would be like so and how I does think, it, how does it track the pork provenance? Well, you know, like it just it just does. And, and it's like if these block these blocks quote blockchains get used by these companies, are they ever going to realize that all they're using is a database? No! They're, gonna just, they're, just, they're just going to remember the entire history of this as we implemented blockchain. And, and things got better. And things got better without any idea that they don't and, and, have and a blockchain. The thing that we really like about the blockchain we're using is the API that we can like type, you know, like tap into. Really amazing. <laughs> like the kind of, it's an API that a database never could have allowed. Yeah. Just. It's so bad. Fucking mind-blowing. From, from people that you'd think are smart. It, it proves the stupidity of everybody. Yeah. So here's the thing. Well, the thing is, I see comments here and there. There's always guys that are like, oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a data, I'm a DBA at my company, and this is so stupid. It's obviously just a database. Like, are they telling the people that they're implementing this for that, like, hey, this is just a fucking database? I don't think you're allowed to. I think, I think that it's like global warming. If you say something against the, the like, oh, wonderful like, science of blockchain, mm-hmm. then you get fired. Mm. Like this, oh, this well, blockchain, is, I think we're watching this PC culture where you right. got to watch what you say. I think we're watching yeah. the the advent of blockchain go from like this word to this sacred word, mm. and it's very fucked up. Yeah, and and again, like I see this all the time. I mean, you see this. Like, I got here. I am Satoshi. Okay, <laughs> so I got here back when you know I invented this technology, and now I, I know what it does. Yeah. Um, or at least I have a tacit understanding of what it does. I have a pretty good understanding of the criticisms of what this this technology does generally, um, or doesn't do. In fact, I, I would I wouldn't mind speaking more on what blockchains don't do. Um, that would be that's that's a I, I feel like that's a book that someone should write. What blockchains don't do, which is like that's <laughs> uh, a long book. Just a list like I mean, like will will this blockchain birth my ostrich? No, <laughs> blockchains don't do that. <laughs> Will this blockchain get me off in the mornings when I'm horny? No. <laughs> blockchains don't do that. It's like, have you seen that meme with the Asian guy, the butterfly? Is this a blockchain? Is this for what blockchain does? Yeah. That's what it does. <laughs> so, like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, you know, I, I just think that there's, it, it's very fucked up to me that there is like this. I, I'm hearing now people tell me that I don't, I, I don't like innovation. That I myself am opposed to it and I can't <laughs> believe I'm standing in the way of it. And I'm sitting there like, Talk, like, so what you're telling me is that when I invented Bitcoin, 
Um, <laughs> th- that, that wasn't enough to prove to you that I'm very strongly on the side of innovation. Like, I, I'm, not, I'm not an advocate of... I'm not an anti-innovation advocate. In fact, you're the one who told me for four years that this was retarded. Mm-hmm. And now that we're here, now you've discovered what this thing does, and I'm the one standing in the way of progress. Right? right? Really? That's, so That's... Where did this change? Yeah. When did this become a sacred word? How did that happen? Because, like, it seems to me that it's, it's sacred to everybody who isn't competent. And it seems like it's required that those who aren't competent have to maintain its sacredness. Mm-hmm. In order to, like, because it, it's magic. It's yeah. just fucking magic. So, you know, it's like fucking, like, the WCW. Is it, is it real or is it fake? It's fake. Oh. You know, back in the 80s before people, like, could admit that. Um, but yeah. Wait, the WCW? Yeah, like, oh, is WCW not a thing anymore? The wrestling it used to be world champion. Oh, the w, like the WWE, WWE. Yeah, what is it now? Oh, oh, I haven't watched I TV know. since like 1983. Oh, but like, so. oh yeah, but like wrestling. Yeah, that's how I invented Bitcoin. Hulk Hogan and shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so here's the thing. Speaking to the point about like scams and people not understanding that they're necessarily running scams. Mm-hmm. Um, Coin, which is a, a complete another scam. <laughs> like it's another one of those fucking like yeah. uh, storage solutions, which is never going to work. Um, but Coin wrote this giant media or uh, medium post. Um, about state resistance and they such. Were, well, they, and their experience with it. They got into cryptocurrency mining, and they wrote a whole thing on the the current state of cryptocurrency mining. Um, it's it's long. I read it kind of quickly, but they go into the um like you like your ASIC resistance isn't a real concept. Um, they kind of outline like how that hardware breaks down. Like what 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 does ASIC really mean? Like how, how does that kind of you know do a thing? Um, they talked about the industry. They talked about like, uh, you know, one of the biggest players in the space is Bitmain and they had like a deal that they were trying to do in China and it fell through in the last minute and they, they haven't, they can't confirm it, but they think it was Bitmain. like, it was, it was kind of just going into like where the industry is, um, like currently, uh, what I, you know, I, I didn't see anything like mind blowingly new in this. Um, but it did kind of talk about like what like the numbers and the time frame for like how quickly if you know if uh like if a coin like Monero did a hard fork, how how soon could like miners get in there and kind of uh right get become asic Yeah. And it, it, we're talking about like a matter of like weeks. Yeah. Um or at least at least at least coming up with a design and like being able the, to like the, the wonder of, of information architecture when Claude Shannon proposed in like I like information technology is like a field of study. The beauty of it is that you're literally working with ones and zeros. Mm-hmm. That's it. So you're with ASICs, all you're doing is emulating, not emulating, you're you're doing it through like analog so- like analog hardware. You're you're emulating ones and zeros. Mm-hmm. So the complexity of the problem can get harder and harder and it can be longer and longer for ASICs to be developed for your your uh, for for your algorithm, but it is not in any way impossible. All, it, it might just take extra work to emulate the, or to to uh, to have them emulate the ones and zeros of your algorithm. That's it. Mm-hmm. And like, sure, maybe memory hard makes that longer. Maybe it doesn't. Um, but like, as ASIC development increases and people understand how to like respond to these problems, you're going to have sort of off the shelf ASICs for every single kind of problem mm-hmm. that people develop. It has to happen. Yeah. Oh, well, that's a memory hard problem. So like, here's how we solve that. Um, 
you know, this is the ASIC that like has dealt with memory hard problems uh, before, and this is like the development of that. This is why it's memory hard, and this is like how you develop ASICs for that. Oh, this is a new kind of memory hard. You know, like we'll develop an ASIC. It'll take three months, and then from mm-hmm. then on, we'll have like a pattern wherein we can kind of like take this gear and shove it into in the future. Mm-hmm. ASICs are single. They're, they're single calculation type chips. They make one kind of calculation. They're useless essentially. But like. Come on. Like, you don't think that they can emulate any kind of one and zero, like, implementation through mm. hardware? That's just absurd. Yeah. The, um, the other thing they said is that they, they, they see, like, like there's, it's a weird industry. It's a lot, of, a lot of, like, secret, like, knowing people and, you know, things aren't really openly discussed. Obviously, you don't, you know, it, you're, it, there's an information war essentially going on somewhere there. And you don't want, you know, you don't want other people to know what, what you're really doing. But a lot of it when it came to, like, because, you know, a lot of, like, the Monero people and the Ethereum people were like, oh, are, are ASICs going to get developed? And even if they're announced that, oh, we have ASICs now, how long have those ASICs been existing? How long have they, they been, been using mine? them in mining? And they yeah. said that this, they think, like, the Monero one went back even farther than people of thought. Of course it did. Um, and that a lot of these, sh- even these you shitty think that chains that guy, You think that that was announced, like, a week ASICs after for. they developed it? I guarantee that they announced it. Be- mm-hmm. Like, someone found out and some idiot announced it or something like that. And they're like, what the fuck are you doing? And... The fucking fork did nothing but, like, reveal problems with Monero, which I, I think is good. Mm-hmm. I think it's good that, like, Monero's uh, sort of, like, claims are being called into question. I, I, I don't I, – I have always fundamentally had a little bit of a frustration with the idea that, like, everyone thinks that Monero is, like, this godsend coin um, and that, like, it has perfect fungibility because, you know, like, that – no one here actually understands the math. Right. I don't. <laughs> right. Do you? No. It's it's harder. <laughs> like the math is not as simple as you think. Right. Um, even but, if you even if you take the time to try to understand the math, like there's still going to be a lot of like deep nuance there that you're not going to know. I mean, like, well, it's, it's, just, it's, it's also it's the implementation. A, it's like, where you know, like, where does the random number set come from? Yeah. Like that. That's the thing. Like, you look at the mix and shit. Um, the, the, the big problem, the way that a lot of this is de-anonymized, is in in the way that they are doing mix-ins, which is fine. Yeah. But like that, I guess it wasn't such an easy problem, guys. Right. Yeah. And and you know what? What's funny to me is that these like Monero has like this like the Monero Lab with like all these very smart blockchain types, and like they literally, I mean, they didn't catch that they didn't catch these things, and that that part of the math isn't even hard. Mm. The the math to like determine the sort of the randomness of the mixins isn't difficult. So, like, it, it blows my mind. And also, the, the, analyzing your blockchain to figure out how many people do more than, like, one mix-in or zero mix-ins, like, that wasn't done either by, by the, Monero, uh, the Monero scientists. So, like, come Which on. But you think people would, like, be monitoring, like, what, how not. people are not. That should tell it. you the state of the monitoring of blockchains. Monero, mm. Monero, Monero. Monero is one of the most used blockchains, and yet there's nobody analyzing the data on it. I think it's actually called butt but arrow. Butt arrow. Butt arrow. No, it's I mean, like, I, and I, I, I do like Fluffy Pony. I think that he's like a perfectly fine guy, but like, I do think that it's a problem. I think that that should that should to everybody, uh, sort of help them understand the state of this this entire like sort of network. There mm-hmm. aren't a lot of people who have the capacity, the ability, or the willingness mm-hmm. maybe to like reveal um, problems with things that they're either in love with or maybe exploiting. Right. There's a lot like of the government. Yeah. <laughs> Right. If the government is, is sitting there like analyzing Monero transactions, what are they going to do? Like, hey, Monero, you've, it's so easy. It's just so fucking easy. Like, they're not going to do that. They're not going to tell like they're going to call Fluffy Pony up and let him know that. Right. Um, yeah, it's just uh, like 
there's so much that you can like I don't know like there there was there was this weird shift amongst people who were kind of like well maybe 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 Monero is the better choice like like people talking about like Monero being more optimal for for dark market usage and it's like that's not necessarily the case like you know wait and see kind of how this pans out because like you know we didn't we didn't know how easy it was to deanalyze some of these Monero transactions until you know well, this, like, this was done it's we like, know we know of mining farms that are willing to pay millions of dollars for exclusive access to designs for specific cryptocurrencies. Mm-hmm. So I mean that 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 to me also is a problem because like if you're developing designs for these cryptocurrencies, um, one of you have to realize that one of the ways in which people are profiting could be that they're getting paid by like mining farms trying to develop ASICs or getting prepared to mine that currency on day one. Mm. So like you, you're th- this is no longer like a child's game. You you aren't just at home hitting like the start button on your computer, right? You're now up against people that are willing to pay millions millions of dollars so that they know what algorithm is is mm. and how they can begin mining these coins on day one. Um, what do they do with those coins? I, I bet they dump them for Bitcoin. But yeah, that if, if they're willing to pay millions, it's because they are able to like eat up that value ASAP. Mm. Yeah. Speaking of, did you see that Bruce Fenton is now on the board of directors for T-Zero? Is he really? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. What's, what the Dude, they're, they're obsessed with Raven coin. That's, that's what's going on. Why? Because Patrick Byrne is a retarded human being, <laughs> and he thinks he thinks that like you can have a cryptocurrency that is like more efficient, a more efficient mining algorithm. It, and it uses less energy. I'm like, I don't think you get what that means. I'm like, why the fuck is he all about this Ravencoin shit? Blockchains are not light bulbs, friends. You, yeah. you cannot have like an energy star rated blockchain. Yeah, it's not like although that that's a very funny idea. Yeah, like someone should energy star rate <laughs> blockchain. Like someone should get an energy star rating for their blockchain. That is so fucking funny as an idea. Well, China just did some weird ranking thing of, of blockchains, and Ethereum was like named number one. Number one and, blockchain. And they were like we're number one by by China's like weird standard. Yeah. Like why the fuck would you think that's a good thing? What <laughs> like, does that even mean? Right. I don't. I don't know. Like quality of like. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know. How much energy you steering from? Us? Yeah. <laughs> you still this much energy. Oh my God! Ministry rates Ethereum as the top public blockchain. China's <laughs> ministry. Steam as number two. <laughs> I didn't even see the whole. Lisk is number three. Neo is four. It is Bitcoin's cool. not even on this, dude. That's great. Well, it's not a public. Blo- it, I, don't, I don't. I don't even. You're really <laughs> the, the blockchains that allow us to arrest the most people. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, my well God! Stellar, dude. Well, Stellar six. Stellar. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, way better than Ripple. Nice. Ripple's not even on this thing. Stellar's there. Monero's on it. Qtum, Stratus, BitShares. Oh, Bitcoin's there. Bitcoin's 13th. Oh. <laughs> it shares it with Verge. <laughs> and well, Waves Waves is number 15. Oh, that's what funny. a hilarious what a hilarious set of metrics. IOTA, Cardano. Dude, this is a, it's a list of scams. Oh yeah. It's all, it's all it's it's just the top 20 in whatever order they decided. Like <laughs> that's all it is. We say seven. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! Neo somehow has more applications than Ethereum. Oh, they have well, application. Okay, so they have a sub-index. Well, it's it's based on <laughs> technology. Uh-huh. Number one, number two, it's rated on application, whatever that means. <laughs> and number three, innovation. Oh, okay. Okay, so well, uh, has, they're best smart contract. Yeah, Bitcoin has the most innovation. Oh, all right. Of it's a thirty. It's thirty-five point six. Okay, very high innovation. <laughs> um, Ethereum. Is only twenty five point four innovation, oh. and Komodo is twenty eight point five. Komodo. <laughs> These yeah. uh, Cardano is a twenty four point three innovation, 
And <laughs> I see like a committee holding up. Uh, it's like, like, like it's like like oh, oh <laughs> that's so much innovation. <laughs> okay, um, if it, but here's the thing: uh, when it comes to application, mm-hmm. Ethereum has twenty three point seven application, and uh, Neo has twenty six point six application. Mm. So and and Bitcoin only thirteen point one. What the what fuck, the fuck is application? Oh, Stratus has nineteen point three application. Is that like Stellar, I, dude? Stellar. 18.1 oh, that's on the application sub-index. Awesome. Uh-huh. That's perfect. As far as technology goes, Bitcoin's only 39.4, though, which is, I think, where Bitcoin's hurt, uh, whereas, whereas Ethereum has 80.3 technology. It has more technology. It has more technology in it. Yeah. Uh, Neo has 69.2 technology, mm. which is, you know, like I, I understand how you get there. Verge has 66.1 technology, which I think is why it kind of even, like, is on the sub-index uh, with Bitcoin at all, mm-hmm. so that makes sense to me. Oh yeah, that's that's that, that's how you. Would this article is hilarious. It takes us like very serious. It's like, <laughs> I just can't believe that that Neo it's, it has more application than Ethereum. I just don't know how you'd get there. Well, do you know what that tells me? Or you know why? You know you know how I read that. Neo's Neo's fully a Chinese scam. So of like, course it is. Like the Chinese government, the government likes like, they like ah, they we like, like the technology. But that means they like Neo because they're probably like having a partnership. Though, Two, three. It's rated like, four. Yeah. Uh, we say that this is semi-right because Neo somehow has more applications than Ethereum. We're we're not sure if Neo has a blockchain yet, let alone <laughs> <laughs> let alone crypto kitties or indeed tokenized geopolitics with Venezuela and potentially Iran launching tokenized <laughs> asset-backed bonds. Yet, what Neo has is Chinese roots, so we can expect we can't expect the Chinese Ministry to not show us they are at least a century behind by so clearly communicating nationalism. Who wrote this thing? Steam's technology is rated above Ethereum. In this bizarre land, which has willingly shut off itself from the crypto world, that's presumably because Ethereum is just one dApp running on top of Steam. Other way around. What the fuck? This is the weirdest article I've ever read. It it, it doesn't... Bitcoin is the most innovative crypto, and not just by a little, but a whole ten random points. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, maybe this author does get it. Okay. Uh, (laughs) These are random points. That's what's going on. The thing is so innovative, it takes 10 minutes to transfer from A to B, sometimes within a day, sometimes for the privilege of $70 in fees. I now know where you, you land, uh, Mr. Trustnodes.com guy. Okay. <laughs> um, but this is, this is very funny. Like, this is <laughs> just completely total index. Uh, this is very funny. This is very funny. I like this a lot. I love it. I want to see more reports like this. Like yeah, I do too. We need, we need more countries to there come needs here to be, and, there and needs to, Someone needs to make the ironic awards for all of these things. Like, we give... Uh, we give Ethereum the award for having most technology. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, there's going to be a real scam. Right. They show up unironically to, like, claim their award right. for having the most applications. Right. Steam has least application. Steam loses in the application war. Uh, but that's okay, because technology apparently is out of 100, whereas application seems to only be out of maybe 25 or 30. Oh, okay. So, that's, 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 that's good. Uh-huh. <laughs> I noticed that Dash isn't on here. I guess I couldn't buy a spot with their blockchain. And Monero's um, on there. Monero is on here. It's ninth, ninth, ninth most innovative. Uh, in the, the it's it's nearly eleven or no it's four points. Dash isn't on it. Four points higher than Bitcoin. Because I feel like Dash would like want to be. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know. Like, uh, well, what I like is that three Charles Hoskinson coins are on this list. Oh, yeah. You have Ethereum, mm-hmm. Steam, and which Car- are number one and two. And Cardano. And then Cardano, yeah. which is number seven. Um, so good job, Charles. But I, I, Ripple's not on there. I, I bet someone paid for this. 
I bet they paid. I pro- yeah, probably. and they probably just put Bitcoin on there because they had to. They're like, okay, okay. And well, you have that. You have to have Bitcoin on the list, list, and then you just pay for like the other oh. shit that happened. Yeah, huh? That's I don't know. The top of a blockchain. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I'm not even sure if Neo's blockchain has a blockchain yet. Yeah, no one knows. No, matter. we don't even know. But like, it's just like <laughs> whatever that author's point is. Like, he really likes Ethereum, so like, yeah. good for him. But like, come on, what a hilarious index! Oh my god. Um. So what's going on with Binance? Apparently they're doing their own their, their own you, uh, dollar. There we cr- go. Only Tether. They're doing Tether uh, on Ethereum, of course. But they're doing. Uh, yeah, again, they're doing that's tether. great. Are they yeah. gonna back? Are, are they gonna? Is, is it gonna be iterative? Or are they gonna back it in Tether? Oh, that's really, <laughs> I think they're gonna back it in U.S. dollars because I, like, I think back it in Tether is hilarious. Tether. Yeah, yeah. Because like I want to know, like if you if you if you iterate on the scam, you say okay, so that's we're a gonna, great. That's a great. We that's are going to back, ICO to do right. We're gonna back this <laughs> currency in Tether. Are you subject to the possibility of like Tether's collapse? Like, well, we don't owe it to you because like we have the Tether. Oh yeah, we'll give you the Tether. Sure. Yeah, it's backed in Tether. Tether's now worth twenty cents. So like, here you go. <laughs> right. Yeah. That seems like a really smart move to me. I think someone should do that. Back your currency and tether, whatever tether's value is, that is what your like your, the value of yours is. Now you're like one step farther than the actual scam of like you don't have to worry about like the the bank account being seized. You just got to like worry about um you know the Marco Pella's effect of accidentally losing your uh, tether mm. uh, into your cat's anus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So or the laundry. <laughs> um, that's great. So it's a true USD. Is that what it's called? That's what it's, that's what it's going to be called. And uh, it seems like it is going to be an Ethereum token. Um, I don't know. Binance is doing its own. How many? Like I was waiting for so, like a tether competitor, competitor to come around. Yeah, that like, had to happen. But what like, what is what is the incentive of other like exchanges to accept this? Well, right. If you're already using tether, why the fuck would you use true USD? I, I guess it doesn't matter. You just put it in a big pool. You're like, here are all the dollar tokens. Well, but was Binance? I don't. I should have looked this up. Was Binance? Did Binance have tether on its platform before? Because if it did, what does it say? Whether it did or didn't, what does it say that it wants to do its own U.S. dollar? Well, they, I like that it's it's like TUSD, which would indicate Tether USD to me. Um, well, right, it's, it's it's going off of well, it's supposed to stand for true USD, yeah, but it wants TUSD because of is that dude? Okay, so in the nineties, uh, something similar happened with like people buying basically Russian debt. Russian debt was junk, but people were buying right. a ton of Russian debt. Like, and what Russia did. Is not, they waited not, not like the average person, like no, just, but like LTCM, right? right L- yeah. Like long-term capital management. It was like long, like tons of Russian debt. Yeah. Um. And so people were buying a lot of Russian debt. And what Russia did is they like looked at their debt and they're like, okay, everyone's bought this. Um. So what we're going to do is we're going to default on international obligations to that debt. I I don't see why this is any different because what you're doing when you have this is like you basically are buying dollars in, uh, in Binance's bank account and. Binance being what? Are they Korea or is it China? Um, I think they're. You know, it's uh, it's what's his face? I, I think I think it's Chinese. It's that guy. What's his name? Uh, Chen. Is it OK Coin? Chen Zhao. Yeah, uh, Cheng Peng Zhao. Cheng Peng Zhao. I, I think it's Chinese. Okay, so I mean, I, and I don't think they're located in the U.S. Um, I don't know. I feel like I saw that and it was just kind of like. That's Binance, and then never really thought about where they actually are located. Um, I'm not sure. But they might, I don't know, they're, they're, they might be international. Headquarters out of China and into Japan. Uh, it's servers and headquarters out of China and into Japan. So they're in Japan, it looks like. Oh, okay. And they have offices that in Taiwan. Sense. So, like, I mean, but, but like, look, like, uh, again, 
All they have to do is have someone can just seize their bank account. That's it. That's all it takes. Mm-hmm. Um, or or many other things could happen. But like, fuck. Like it's it's a huge source of risk. The, the, doing these dollar tokens is very very problematic. I think. Oh yeah. Well, we've talked about that before. With when like, you know, you you. Like the well, you're externalizing your debt. Like what do you like? So what? Binance has it in their bank account. And they're making money on maybe the interest, right? Which is fine. But like all of those obligations are spoken for. That's not their money. That's their cash on hand, and it's very fucked up because they're not actually a bank. Mm-hmm. So they have to rely on like a banking infrastructure, right? Well, they have to. They have to. They have to take the risk on of being a bank without having the banking like. Well, they're acting take, like a bank, right? Like right. they're externalizing like but, their bank but you're, risk. But you're not a bank, so when you're holding dollars and like that, you're 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 taking on that risk. Right. Um, it, it's a, like, it just seems weird that exchanges would take that risk on. Like, right? Like, that's, that's, it does seem weird, yeah. Because it happened with, because uh, well, <laughs> Tether is what? Uh, Bitfinex, right? Yeah. Right. So it's like, why, why the fuck would they, would they do that? So what's this Florida tax collector is accepting Bitcoin? That, that seems weird to me. That this was really right. weird. And it was an article that like kind of just came out. And I don't know. I don't know. Seminole County tax collector Joel Greenberg said on Monday that his office will take Bitcoin and Bitcoin cash for payments associated with driver licenses and ID cards, automobile tags, titles, and property checks. So small... And they're using BitPay. Yeah. Well, that's fine. They're not actually taking Bitcoin. They're taking dollars. BitPay is just like trans, you know, transferring it. They're using it as like a payment network. Right. So they're not really... They're not really take well. They're not really no. accepting Bitcoin. Accepting no. Bitcoin. Yeah, that's interesting though. Like, I, I, like that. I mean, that is. But like, they're why, but the, why but they're not? Open to, like, but they're just going to get cash it. in your bank account. Like, but they're yeah. not. They're not trying anything. They're just. They're just. All they're doing is getting cash in their bank account. But pay being, it's like taking Visa. That's the thing. Like, people are going to realize that. Like, a lot of these services, it, there's no difference between having BitPay and Visa. Like, if you have to know that, you know, like. BitPay still has to settle with your bank account, mm-hmm. just like Visa has to settle with your bank account if like someone pays you in Visa. Um, so, you know, it's still going to take them like three days to have that clear or mm-hmm. maybe, maybe it's quicker. Maybe they have same day settlement, which a lot of banks do. Um, but like, it's still, it's still like bank to bank settlement. Mm. Just that BitPay takes your Bitcoin, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> BitPay is very smart. It's just um, funny. Well, then it's funny that we have announcements of like governments taking Bitcoin. Right. And they got in the name of Bitcoin. Right. BitPay. Which is fine. I, I think that that's, I think that once people sort of understand that you can use Bitcoin like that as like a payment network. Um, I, I find that to be very, very cool. Uh, I would like to see more of that, but like, I still do think that like, there's some fundamental problems with like the BitPay business model. I think what BitPay is doing, though, is basically using that business model to acquire more Bitcoin because they're doing a lot of selling it. I think over the counter. Mm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, the consensus we, conference happened. Is that is that going on or has it happened already? It happened already. All right. I don't know. There was a lot of shit about that. There wasn't really anything interesting, but. Um, Jimmy Song and Joseph Lubin, the Ethereum guy, <laughs> hate that guy, were on stage with Amber, Amber Pelday. So a oh couple God. things that were kind of funny, but uh, they they made Joseph Lubin wanted to bet that, like, bet whether uh, private blockchains and public blockchains are going to be used by the enterprise in five years. Okay, um, and then like Amber had a presentation on some company she's starting that's like servicing. She's so, it, she is so stupid, and he called her out. It was like this is this is just buzzwords. This well, Joseph Lubin's buzzword king, so like right. when he's when he calls you out for buzzwords, it's bad. Well, you have like consensus is like this really scammy conference. Like it's nothing but like all this shit, expensive. It, it, it's run by like I feel like it's led by guys like Lubin and the whole Ethereum crowd. Yeah, um, but you had you had like Bitcoin people there. Um, 
hanging out, you know, partaking. And uh, I, I, I don't know. Like, this conference is still a big deal in New York. You know, this this whole past week, there were a bunch of, like, events and shit going on. It's like, it, I mean, it's it's become, like, it, it, it kind of took over as, like, the Bitcoin event over, like, uh, the Miami uh, Miami one. It feels like it is. I don't know. Well, Baldet and Lubin are part of a growing chorus of technologists who believe private blockchains run by corporations and other hybrid systems will gain traction. Although Ethereum has a native cryptocurrency ether, its leading lights uh, have also formed the Ethereum Enterprise Alliance, which is a bullshit organization. Um, Coinsensus is a member of of that effort. Bitcoin maximalists see these solutions as watering down Bitcoin's true potential. No, they don't. They see it as stupid. Yeah. Not watering down Bitcoin's true potential. You're an idiot. Stop, being, <laughs> stop writing this shit, guys. <laughs> Junyan Wong. God damn it. No one... The, the, the point of, like, Bitcoin maximalism isn't to promote, like, Bitcoin as the only solution. It's to say that, like, it's the most likely solution. Yeah. And, like, no one has presented any alternative to this and that all of these other blockchains are doing nothing but trying to scam people out of their money. It's, it's not it, like I don't give a fuck if another blockchain takes over. That's fine. I just don't think it's likely. Right. There, no one else is doing the science. Uh, okay. So so did did Jimmy Song call them out or did Lubin call her out? Jimmy Song. Called oh, okay. Her. You said Lubin did. I thought. Uh, oh, yeah. I thought no, you said no, no, Lubin no, no, did. That no, would no, really no, confuse no. me. No, no, no. Joseph Lubin is all about. He's such a, blockchain. He is such a buzzword. Yeah. King. Um. Let's see. One side of the blockchain debate, Song on the other. When Baldet asked Song what he thought of Clover, so Clover is her company. Yeah, <laughs> she did like pragmatic did connection between enterprise and public blockchains. Okay, <laughs> that's what it does. Uh, Song says, "I didn't see anything other than buzzwords. It's like let's play buzzword bingo." The yeah. crowd cheers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well done, Jimmy. Well, it's funny. It's like like. These, these these presentations like there's a little like there's at least some contentiousness there the, like the crowd wants to watch it like you know well what a dumb bet for Jimmy to take because like how do you well, know when you've won that right well like that the problem the problem is, I, he said I think he said that we'll talk about like the terms off stage with Joseph Lubin yeah um, because like you could be right, and they could like that bet could still resolve to being like. How do you know case. when like like everyone's like Walmart thinks they're using a blockchain, right? Like they would tell you that you you lost that bet, Jimmy, because yeah. Walmart's because already using, using it. it, right? Like what? But no, it it isn't, right? <laughs> it, like, Amber Baldet is you, you're an idiot. You need to like figure out what this shit does before you start building companies. Uh, to, to like you're you're in the Joseph Lubin camp, which means that Joseph Lubin's probably the one you're talking to about this stuff. He is an idiot. Mm-hmm. You are down the same goddamn road. <laughs> you're an idiot. Yeah, and it's obvious to anybody who knows what's going on here. And that's such an embarrassing place for someone like you to be, mm-hmm. because like you know you you're here to try to be taken seriously, which is really funny. You should did, you should really go. Did that article around. quote how much money Joseph Lubin is worth? Because I keep seeing that. Oh, pop it's up some places. billion dollar amount. It's obscene. But these articles are always like referencing how much these people are worth. Because like, like is that normal? Right. When you're talking about people who have like made money in the industry, Ethereum billionaire, billionaire Lubin and Bitcoin maximalist song. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. Like I get it, Joseph. You you made a bet. Uh, that was really stupid. Yeah. And it turned out, you know why? Because 
because there's a lot of other people taking that bet for God knows what reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's fine. But, like, holy shit, dude. Like, you still, like, you should acknowledge the part of the bet that you took that was stupid. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't make sense. Ethereum doesn't make sense. It, all it does, all the innovation of Ethereum is to rebrand multi-sig wallets as smart contracts. That's mm-hmm. it. There's no other innovation there. Yeah. But, like, you, I think I even saw you on Twitter talking about, like, the marketing that they had. Like, yeah. Like, the, like, and that's that's what, I mean, that's all it was. Like, there's no innovation there. There's no innovation in, they, in Ethereum. It's they, fine. Like, th- that's fine. Mm-hmm. It's just stupid. Yeah. It's just moronic for you to tell me that this is an important technology. Ethereum does nothing. Yeah. Other than, like, force everybody to take on, like, more load on their blockchain than they want to. And I still can't find out how big it is. In terms of, like, the blo- like the actual, like... Yeah, there's no, like, simple way to figure that out. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Well, there have been more projects lately. Like, I think there's, like, a Pepe clone and, like, some other shit. I saw that, on, yeah. On Ethereum and the, uh, tra- like, the transaction fees are always going up. But what's amazing is there's always a noticeable difference... Like every every one of these projects that comes along that like everybody wants to like do a lot of like CryptoKitties. It's like, over it's over five hundred gigabytes at this point. It's crazy. Someone's saying you only need twelve gigabytes to run a full node. I, I don't believe that. No, that can't be the case. Um oh well, I guess archival nodes. The, the, in Ethereum they have these like distinguishments between like certain nodes, like archival versus like full. Um I think archival is like the entire blockchain history without anything pruned. Right, and they're gonna say that you don't really need that. Yeah, it's just like someone's got to run it. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's the thing. Oh, interesting. We're all, we're all only running these are these uh these little nodes. Yeah, that's that's all. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't wait till sharding. It's gonna happen. Well, their their blockchain is gonna shard a brick. It's gonna be very like yeah, very funny. Um, and 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 like Vitalik keeps bringing it up, saying it's coming. So I like I want to see this great innovation of sharding. Um, I can't wait to find out what the actual problems with it are. And it, with like with Monero, we have found that like sometimes problems take three and four years to come out in these things. That's how little usage there is. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I don't know. Ethereum has more usage, so we'll see. Um, and I also got to hand it to uh, what's that like Columbia professor dude? What's his name? Emin Gunsir. Emin Gunsir. 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 Like he like he he's done a lot to find these like weird errors in that blockchain. Despite the fact that I think he's frustrating, uh, just he's kind of toolish. But like he's he's done a lot to find well, a likes, lot of. He the, likes his farts. A lot. He does. He just he puts his he own just, mouth up to his own butthole and he's just like, <laughs> yep, right up there. Um, but like I, I think he's done a lot of work to like uncover a lot of these things, which is funny because it used to be that he was like a big old advocate of Ethereum. I don't think he is so much anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know. He, he still he still says like stupid shit about Bitcoin though. And like just like like he he does some things that are like you know like good work but yeah I don't know um, to my sadness did you see the stellar news <laughs> it's sad but it's hilarious I think this is I think I think this is like a thing that's I think this is the thing I, I like at first I was sad because I was like oh no like maybe how's how am I gonna get up how am I gonna how get am I gonna get rich pamp? how am I gonna get rich off the I'm stellar gonna get fucking rich on stellar um, but you know what dude it might not even matter so so can can who had had their ICO token on Ethereum was like, oh, we're going to move to Stellar. And it's like, oh, Ken's moving to Stellar. Now they decided that they're just going to fork Stellar and and, and have their own token yeah. Stellar. It's, it's going to be like Stellar. a one token Stellar. Right. Which people might still be like, oh, they're using Stellar, so it doesn't matter. It might be up. 
I just think it's hilarious that a project is going to fork the protocol to host their token and like it, it's just going to be their token on that protocol. Like no one else. Like who the fuck well, are you start to begin with? About but, but, but is that the, the reason they're doing it is because they said the transaction fees are too high, and you're talking on Stellar like two millionths of a well, penny. Well, they said that I they said business scale issues, which might be that. That, um, that's what they said. Is I, I, at least in the article, it said that like they thought the transaction fees were even too high for that. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's interesting. It, it's hilarious. Well, what's funny is it seems like they they came to the conclusion that like these are just expensive databases. So like, why don't we so just host going to run their own database? Right. What advantage? That's the thing about proof of stake, by the way. The the nothing at stake problem. What's the advantage of if if you want a protocol taking the risk on? Of, of, of like offloading that to Stellar and their weird miners mm-hmm. when you can just be the only holder of the Stellar shit doing the validations of your, on your own. Right. Then you don't have to worry about like these other, the, these other actors in the, right. in the system. But like all these tokens, like, yeah, f- fork, fork whatever protocol you want to use and issue your token on that. Like, right. That might, that might be, that might just be more and more where this shit goes. It's fucking hilarious. Which I love because like, it, it, <laughs> like, People want like the, like all oh, these tokens on like our platform and 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 like it's just it's just hilarious. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I want to see like I want to see like more shit like that happen. Why? Like, not? like there was some article about like I don't I didn't put this in here, but like Facebook looking at cryptocurrency hard mm-hmm. or doing their own blockchain. Like I, I don't know, but like maybe maybe well, they're talking about doing their own blockchain also. So like that's that's hilarious as well. Well, I think I, I should think seller. I, I think I, I, right. <laughs> like I think I think so. Here's the thing with Facebook. I think Facebook does not want to do Bitcoin. Because of the Winklevosses. You think it's just, you think it's I, really. I, I have like a very strong feeling before, about that. I have like, a very strong feeling about it. I, I would not be surprised if Zuckerberg's like, fuck Bitcoin. Are, is it that deep? Like, would he really make the decision based off of that? Dude, because you never he, know. If you he's never know. Not, but if he's, but if he's going to not use Bitcoin to fuck them over, then he might use something else that will definitely try to fuck them over. Oh, yeah. Like, you've mentioned like, this use before. Ethereum. Use like, or, or something. Or Litecoin like, or something. Litecoin would be yeah. hilarious. Or Bitcoin Cash. Oh, yeah. Like what happens? Well, Bitcoin if, Cash? No, because they have they have the same amount of Bitcoin Cash, right? So like, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, oh, yeah. So like, you gotta like use Litecoin, like yeah. that, that's, <laughs> or, or fork your own Litecoin or something like that. Like do it like overnight. Yeah. Don't tell anyone you're doing it. And just be like, oh, we fork Litecoin. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> use Ripple. Just use just use anything. Make it hilarious. Yeah. I, I love it. I, I think that I, I I like that war. I would like that war to like progress. Um, I do like the idea of Facebook picking or, or making their own like Facebook coin. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Facebook could do like a weird ICO in that way. Like they already have an IPO and like just sell Facebook coins, um, you know, as a way to like but, move money around Facebook. I, it's but it's, they're, it's they're, completely absurd. But like I could totally see it. They're one of the giant tech companies. Are they really going to come in here? Well, and apparently, do what, like, apparently, Sean, in a world of blockchain, you can make you can just print your own monies. Right. Right. So why so would Facebook wouldn't... be like, well, you know, we get to make our own money. Yeah. So like, why not just give us your dollars and we'll print Facebook bucks? Yeah. They're backed by the dollars in the bank account that we're making money on. Yeah. And then, you know, their their balance sheet is going to show like $4 trillion on hand or some obscene amount. And if you want to buy things on Facebook, you can. You just have to use Facebook bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can just use that. Stable coin. <laughs> That's what everyone's dream is. <laughs> Yeah, like there's everybody's on Facebook, so why not? Like now you can do remittances, you can transmit money from Facebook to anybody on Facebook over Messenger. Yeah, yeah, and you and can get, and you just can keep ad- it in that ecosystem, and you can get weird ads from Russians uh-huh. based off of your transactions. And I guarantee you, Facebook <laughs> at some point is going to register as a bank. It's going to happen. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Coinbase like, is doing it apparently registering as a bank. Uh huh. Official. Like, what is that process? Like, how does that? I don't know. 
I mean, like, because they they basically are they are a bank. Absolutely, yeah. they're a bank. But like, their their dollars are still held in like some other place. Remember, they had to like have Silicon Valley Bank. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh oh. So now they're going to like move over. Like into they'll, they'll be able to hold their own money. They'll be like you know, with the Fed, they'll have regulations regarding FDIC insurance, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot more compliance, I'm sure. But like, uh, I, I my guess is that they're gonna probably they probably want to hold on to that money for whatever reason. Mm. So. That's a little hmm. off. I, 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 I did think that that would at some point happen as well. So, you know, like perhaps uh, we'll, I mean, we'll see what happens in the future. But I would like like Coinbase itself becoming a bank would be very. By the way, if Coinbase becomes a bank, let's say they become a depository institution, like they could become the bank to uh, to take deposits for like all these other Bitcoin companies, which would be really weird. Like, what do you mean? Well, ATMs, they all have trouble finding a bank. Oh, but I feel like that, like, they would, like, not want that. Right? doesn't matter. Where else can they find a bank? Well, right. But, like, Coinbase has to be open to, like, taking on these They probably companies. will be. Just because they're... It's Bitcoin. It's Why not? A, like, we're taking on that risk already. Yeah. Well, but is there going to be weird regulatory... Scru- well, oh, I guess the banks are only denying these banking Because they're afraid of Bitcoin. Because they're afraid of Bitcoin. Yeah. Right. Coinbase, largely. Oh, yeah. Coinbase is not. That makes sense. So, like, it would actually be a, an interesting move for them because if they could actually take that money on from those... Uh, Bitcoin companies, mm-hmm. that would be kind of wonderful. Well, that seems like it would be the... I, that's probably the play. Yeah, and that's actually the best thing for... I mean, that's, not, that's not bad for the ecosystem. Well, no, and they could actually become the Bitcoin bank. Like, yeah. well, I need a, a bank for my Bitcoin business. Oh, well, that's easy. Yeah. You, you have to so, go with Coinbase. I mean, at that point, if you have Bitcoin in Coinbase, let's say you're, you, you're, you're using them for some custodial shit, like what... How do, I mean, my assumption would be that as they become more and more like a bank... That you're going to have insurance on on those coins, assuming you, the error of losing them isn't on you. But I don't know that you'll have insurance on those coins. I mean, like I, I don't know what that insurance. I think they do right now. They have that Lloyd's of London policy, but like I don't know if if the insurance will resemble like FDIC, right? Because like if you have gold in the bank, I think if it's stolen, it's just stolen. Um, and you and lose your gold. like you probably had, you were responsible for insuring it yourself. Mm. Hmm. So I, I do think that there will be like Bitcoin uh, well, insurance be, policies. Can I be like taking out like a what do you call them, like a safety security box at a bank? Sure. Like I guess like you're not. Well, I, I wouldn't be surprised for a second if, if there are Bitcoin insurance policies that will start to crop uh, crop but up. It's not but it's like, be. It'll be like the insurance company says like you have to put your Bitcoin into this place, mm. like Coinbase, um, and you have to like have these sorts of like you have to have double factor authentication and you know whatever, and then every year you have to pay two percent of whatever value you have in there or something. I don't know, but it seems to me that that would be. That would be like there will be insurance policies for Bitcoin. It has to happen. Mm. All right. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, yeah. Warren Buffett like this week spoke on Bitcoin too, which which was interesting. It was him and Munger and Bill Gates on a little panel talking about Bitcoin. Bill Gates, yeah. Bill Gates is hilarious. Bill Gates has made a few statements. Like this week, he said that Trump asked him the difference between HIV and HPV. Really? Yeah. <laughs> he said that. Yeah. What do you so? Which might be Trump. Like, do I have HIV? Is that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, what? Bill, I was told I have HPV. Is that the I, same thing? Is that the, <laughs> it burns when I pee. It's a storm he gave it to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but what did they say? Like, it's toxic? Yeah. I mean, he was. Uh, Bill Gates made the comment that he would short it if it was easy, which people were like, oh, uh, you can short it, huh? Yeah, and it he, is easy. Well he, said, well, he said if it was easy, but, like, I, I took that as, like, it isn't for him. Um I don't know. Like, 
he wouldn't short it, by the way. That, that's just the thing. Like, well, he's not rhetoric. going. He well, also just wouldn't. Well, like, if you were these guys, what, what else would you say about Bitcoin if you were asked? Like, w- like w- everybody, everybody reacts. Everybody's always reacting to what Buffett says about Bitcoin. Be like, oh, Buffett's always wrong about stuff. But like, I, I feel like there's more to it. I feel like, like. Well, it, Buffett's it, always been sort of bearish on commodities, and he might like he's not wrong. Like, mm-hmm. when when does this thing kind of like level out? At what point do we have like uh, you know a full priced Bitcoin? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Um, at what point has it reached its sort of peak in terms of like saturation of the market, and this is just going to be like leveled out, you know, money like mm-hmm. in the way that gold is. Gold goes up, it goes down. It doesn't go up super quick. It doesn't go down super quick. It just kind of like is kind of stagnant. And then uh, during times of weird like scary inflation stuff, it goes up. So. Um, yeah, like, I, I don't know. It blows my mind that, uh, that, or it does, it does not blow my mind that he would be like against it and it might even be completely rational. And Mm -hmm. uh, like, honestly, like, I I don't think we can really criticize Buffett for like what he chooses to invest in. I think investing in what you know is a pretty good strategy. It's worked Mm -hmm. out for him. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's not, these aren't guys that are like looking to like make money. I don't, I don't think they're going to make money. He also can't care. He can't manage like the core devs in Bitcoin. Yeah. You know? Well, it's just right. It's completely out, out of the scope of, of right. what he would. But like, so, I mean, that's obvious. But what about, what about, what about Gates? Like, is that. Gates, I don't know. Gates is not an investor. Gates is like a guy who probably takes a lot of advice from Buffett. Um, he has a financial manager. I don't think he himself is like sitting there watching stocks daily. Um, he also is a believer in cryptocurrency and blockchain, I think. So like. Because, because he's made comments about that in the past. Like, yeah. Um, he doesn't think Bitcoin itself will survive. I mean, they're, they're ignorant statements because they don't actually know, like, the state of Bitcoin. They don't know the science of Bitcoin. Um, they're just kind of, like, they're just making, like, simple ideological well, statements that, like, confirm some ideology about something. They've, they're echoing someone else's sentiments. We know, we probably know that someone else, probably is someone like Joseph Lubin, um, and that person's probably a moron mm-hmm. and doesn't know what's going on here other than that they think that they've, like, made some good bets and they probably make some really stupid points about why Bitcoin won't work. That doesn't mean Bitcoin will work, by the way. Well, I, I don't think what they say has any relevance. To no! Them. Like, what, what do they know? They're, like, they're making equivocal, like, statements on a thing that they know nothing about. Mm-hmm. So, of course, it's absurd. It's like saying that, like, I, I don't know, like, oil won't work. <laughs> like, I, like, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. You know what, like... There's a lot of things that have been invented over the years that people don't have an use for when they're first invented. I mean, we talked a little bit about last week with plastics. Like, plastics didn't have any use when they came out. They just didn't. Mm. Um, and when they finally, like, people started just incorporating them into things, uh, you know, people were bragging about genuine plastic being in their product, which is hilarious. Um, and, you know, they just didn't have, like, a strong use. But then over the years, we found millions of uses for them. And the difference is that Bitcoin has, like, a very obvious use out the gate. What are the other uses? I don't know. Mm. I don't know. But there are definitely probably other uses. Or the use cases just for, you know, for, you know, sensor transactions and, and the nature of what those, what that means changes over time. Right. Like, like yeah, but I'm a- just like, it's not just for sensor transactions. Like, like, let's say there's other things like remittance. Moving money is a hard problem. There might be certain remittance corridors that Bitcoin is more useful in. Mm-hmm. It might even be all remittance corridors. But, like, in order for that to be true, you would have to have... Because, like, one of the big inefficiencies of remittance corridors is the last mile problem where, like, you have to get the money to the person. Um, in, a, in a world where, like, Bitcoin kind of runs alongside maybe a cash-type system, because one of the things that you can't do with gold is spend it. 
Mm-hmm. And the reason you can't is because what are you going to do? Go to like take a fucking scale to your grocery store and like shave off some like gold pieces? Right. No. And libertarians have these r- retarded methods of like doing like gold things where they have like gold and plastic and they'll exchange it. It's like pre weighed gold. Um, <laughs> you go to like uh, Porcupine Fest or whatever they call it, um, and they have like <laughs> all of these pork yeah Pork Fest. And uh, they have all of these, like, weird methods uh, for, like, their agronomy bullshit uh, to, like, pay other people in gold, and they're stilted and retarded. Um, And they're all measured against dollar. By the way, which is hilarious, the Porkfest requires that you, like, have your phone on you at all times so you can show people and negotiate (laughs) based on the current price of gold in dollars. That's so funny. Which is hilarious. i got to go to that one by you just to to see that. It's going to, yeah. I mean, it's probably not that... But they measure they measure their gold in dollars, which is funny because like you, like the, the thing that they hate is the thing they measure everything in, right? Um, and they like are playing like th- th- no one seems to bother with the fact that they always want three dollars for their item, despite complaining that the the dollar is always fluctuating. But that if you had enough gold like three hours ago, you might not have enough gold to buy it now, <laughs> <laughs> which is fucking hilarious. Yeah, um, and that that can change over the like course of a day. Yeah. No one seems to be bothered by that in like libertarian fantasy land. Of course not, because that I mean that just rocks the whole like yeah. reason they're there. But they're you made. can do that with Bitcoin. You can pay for things like at the price now. Um if the beauty of Bitcoin is that like technology is pretty sophisticated. So you can, you know, use a company like BitPay if you trust their like uh what they're buying things for, you could take it at spot mm-hmm. and you can pay for things in dollars and all of that calculation can be done right now. Right. Whereas gold, like the fucking price is gonna change while you're just sitting there shaving the gold Trying down. To Oh, ah, it's an extra dollar now, sir. You know, mm. um, so Bitcoin's Bitcoin's amazing in that like you can actually do some of that. So in places where Bitcoin can kind of like run parallel to those like traditional systems, you may actually have some efficiency, like doing things like sending money from here to Mexico, right? Mm-hmm. Where if it's easy to get Bitcoin in the United States, you can get Bitcoin in the United States, send to Mexico, no problem. And they could even use it there and spend it, which mm. would be amazing for them. So, you know, that yeah. solves the last mile problem, which which I think may have some efficiency. I think overall, though, like people got to realize <laughs> that, like, that's going to come at the cost of a lot of KYC stuff, which they actually may want. Mm. Yeah. The uh, whatever regulations are like, that's what you're going to have to like. Not that against, but <laughs> you're going to have to like risk. uh like that—that's where a cost may exist, where it's better to get around that completely than than. Well, you may want the KYC. You may find out that you're like taking on some really weird externalities that you didn't want. Like you might you might find out that ter- it's really easy to fund terrorism, and that a lot of people do it, right? Mm. Um, whereas right now it's a little harder. So I mean, and and with Bitcoin, like it's it's fungible enough, it's anonymous enough that like people may do it with mm. like very little problem and like actually do it because that's their ideology that they want to support. Um. Which is interesting. Like speaking of, did you did you? I sent you that that Sam Harris podcast this week. Did you listen to it at all? I haven't. It's no. phenomenally interesting. It's it's amazing. Yeah. You what? Uh, what did you? What was it about? So it's this former white nationalist who like kind of discovers the error of his ways, and he goes through a lot of things. Like right now, what he does is he works with people to like basically help them pull their kids out of these things. Uh, Stephen Molyneux is something is somebody that he like really criticizes. Um, he says that a lot of kid parents lose their kids to the ideology of St- St- Stefan Molyneux. Um, which is interesting. But he also talks about, there's a couple interesting moments in that podcast, number one of which is that he was saying that, like, uh, uh, former, or, like, presidents of foreign governments 
have attempted to fund a lot of these white nationalist groups because they want to fund uh, groups that are fighting against Jewish interests in the United States. Huh. Which blew my mind. Th- that was like, whoa. So like Saudi Arabian money coming in sure. to fund the... Right, or, or like or, Iranian money, or, or like right. you know, Moadar Gaddafi or something like that, huh. Omar, um, or like Hamas or something like that's that. That's really interesting. It because, blew my mind. Because like, that's, that means that like these white nationalist groups of like small people may actually end up with like a lot more funding than anyone realizes if they take these governments up on that. Right. Like you have this weird potential of having like strange in, like internal militant groups. Right, that are just funded by that by Governments with certain agendas, right? And it's not which, limited which to means, Russia. Like, it's I don't not know, limited to like Arab countries. You have a lot of it's, it's or, weird. Or like, I don't know who who else like MS thirteen, right? Well, like who's getting funded, right? Who right? Who benefits from like? And, oh, and the beautiful thing is this is guy. This crazy. guy starts talking about this one girl who like his her mom starts talking to him, and says, "Hey, like my daughter is, is talking to this like weird like guy her age in Florida or in uh, Oregon, and he's like getting her into weird like white nationalist stuff. It's really disturbing." Can you help me? So he starts researching the guy she's talking to. And he finds the guy in Russia. It's not a guy in Oregon. It's a guy in Russia who's operating like thousands of Twitter accounts and maintaining relationships with tons of American women, like younger women. And he said that he witnessed it. These these accounts were like pushing white nationalism. And as the Trump election happened... A lot of these accounts switched from like white nationalism to Black Lives Matters, feminist groups, Antifa, and they just kind of all switched. But they had these like followings, and uh, and and so they switched and just started like promoting propaganda. Wow. And so he reported this like really early on to like the FBI office, and they, he didn't know what they did with it. And really, really early on, like he witnessed the changes that happened. And this was the white nationalist in the, uh-huh. that he talked to. Okay, who who went from being a white nationalist to this? Yeah. Okay, just to clarify, like. So he reported it, and they didn't. Well, he he doesn't know. He's like, I, I told them, and they didn't. Right, say you anything. can't really know yeah. how they act, are going to act. But like, yeah, but like like it's just really phenomenally interesting that he like witnessed the change of these accounts to this other thing, and uh, and like my guess is there were probably no one else or maybe one other person in the United States who watched that same thing. Right. He just happened to be in a weird position to do it. Huh. Uh huh. Because he was investigating that one person, yeah. and looked up like who they were, and, yeah. and was like saw, saw their Twitter. Accounts. He said he he found the person's name because the person like made a mistake on Twitter once. Ha! Huh. That is crazy. So he reveals this information to this girl. Okay. And she tells her boyfriend, who's this Russian dude, and he says within like forty five minutes to an hour and a half, something like seventy five of his websites were uh, uh, hacked, and uh, like by by Russian Russian entities. Like was he was he sincerely saying that that is what happened? Yes. So in other words, it got picked up that he may have been. He, he was the one that he was the one that was. Yep. And, and they knew who he was, and they like, hacked all of his websites. In other words, he didn't say that he was hacked because he did it. It was that they full on just like attacked him and they hacked him. He's like, I called my hosting provider, and like we've never seen anything like this. Wow. Uh huh. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. So, so like the white nationalist, his sites got hacked. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just... Yep. So like within like 45 minutes to an hour, like wow. his all of his like web properties got hacked. Well, you were telling me about this Candace Owens chick. Yeah. And her well, that story. one's even weirder. That and is... I listened to something she was on where she went into that whole history with uh, with the Gamergate girl and yeah. shit. And, like, she wasn't even part of Gamergate. Right. And uh, what happens to her is that, like, she she uh, apparently, like, was doing a thing to uncover the trolls. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was with Zoe Quinn. 
uh, Zoe as Quinn. Part of, as part of the, we got to fight this. The troll army. Right. The 4chan shit. Yeah. And then Zoe Quinn, who was like the central figure of Gamergate, apparently contacts her and tells her that she's been watching 4chan and 4chan is, is planning on attacking her. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she also wept and said that she was going to ruin everything. And then she said within like an hour of getting off the phone with Zoe Quinn, she got like a million emails from, from people like labeled like white nationalist at gmail.com. Uh, I hate black people at gmail.com. And, and it was just like flooded with, with these like very obvious emails, all men, um, and all of them saying things like, I will kill you, just like very blatant death threats. Mm. And she's like, this is very, she, she, she gets online and goes, this is very clearly Candace or Zoe Quinn. Zoe Quinn is clearly behind all of this. She is not a good actor. This is nuts. Like she, she's the one that caused this to happen. Probably is doing it herself. Mm. And uh, at that moment, uh, like a couple of days later, she gets calls from the Washington Post, the Guardian, and a couple of other papers. Well, and they do like these innocuous interviews with her, then write hit pieces. Yeah, and they were saying that like with the first hit piece she did, they were saying that she's being she's buying into like this whole right wing conspiracy yeah. of. But she at the time Zoe. had no idea that right. that was even like a thing. Right. It's amazing. I mean, in that case, I don't know who's where Zoe got her. I don't know where all that came from exactly, but in this in this former case of of the white of the white supremacist, like there's just more and more cases popping up of foreign influence over Americans yeah. to stir up, yeah, whatever. And it's 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 amazing. Uh huh. I mean, like, it's well, that's so that's the thing. Like, it's it's very clear to me that like Russia is like largely involved in a lot of the politics here, um, and they're stoking a lot of shit. I mean, there's there's some amazing videos, like I. I I try not to be political. I mm. really try, but it's getting harder and harder not to fall into a bucket. Really hard. And, like, that's really bothering me in a lot of ways. But, like, this week, for example, there was a uh, J- James Damore and a group were talking on stage. Mm. And this woman uh, gets on stage and goes, like, you know, there's some uncontroversial statements you can make about the differences between men and women. Like, women on the whole are smaller than men. Mm. Women have fat, de- fat deposits different places than men mm-hmm. like these are things that are uncontroversial someone gets up smashes the sound system and they get pushed out of the building and uh the entire time they're like screaming like you know stop fascism and shit mm-hmm. I, I don't know what to do with that right i have a lot of trouble not falling into a bucket a lot well when it's so crazy you're gonna like I've, i don't know what a society does when there's an entire a set of of ideas mm-hmm. That you're no longer allowed to talk about. That, that's my point with the blockchain shit. It's mm. fucking becoming a religious statement. Yeah, it's it's this is you can't say these things, it, and people you can't are, say blockchains don't do that. Right. Ugh. And that's a huge problem. Like it's it's a big fucking problem. And I mean, like, well, I always thought that this type of this type of thing is being overblown, and it's going to just kind of go away. But like, or there's gonna be a correction. I, you but you like, know, it's funny because it's it's happened so. Quickly, yeah. Like I think that Gamergate's probably the beginning of it, but like this is quick. Well, I've, I've, se- I've seen this on college campuses, but it was always relegated to college campuses. Yeah, it's leaking. Oh yeah. Well, there's people on like you go on Facebook and you see you know, what is it? It's kind of a lot of women, but I it's a lot hear, of I hear, various I hear people. Thirteen year olds fucking talking about privilege. Oh my god. Like what? Like what the fuck? Where did that come from? Yeah. I don't know. Like, what do you? It's hard not to get sucked into. Like, I mean, you just say that you just call it for what it is. This is this is crazy. Well, like, the thing is, why not, can't we just talk about these ideas? There's, and there's, a, there's, gonna... there's some things here. Like, like one of them is this. Like, when ideas are bad, one of the really simple ways to combat bad ideas is through humor. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to make fun of these ideas. 
and no comedian seems to know. I have no idea. And I don't know what you do. Like, I, because like if you point out the ridiculousness, they try to ruin your life. Mm. So and that you get attacked by a million people. It's it's mind blowingly like insidious. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Like this week, I was I, I saw someone tweet that they were at some blockchain conference and they said it's really it's nothing you know nothing's more disturbing than seeing uh, panels of all men. And I'm sitting there like, yeah, I had this. Like, I'm, I'm like, how do I how do I make fun of that? Do I say like, yeah, I had the same experience at like the Barbie National Convention. Yeah, <laughs> where no men were able to speak. I, I really felt like there needed to be more like panels of men, in, you know, like like men impaneled on these like Barbie Barbie doll discussions. Yeah, like I, I don't know, I don't know how to make fun of it. Yeah, I don't because um, everything is offensive, and 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 everyone is afraid to laugh. And I've never seen something where people are afraid to laugh at jokes. Mm. They're afraid. It's insidious. I, I don't know where you go with that. I mean, it seems like you go. People are going. I mean, people are still like no one. No, it seems like so many people are seeing this and like they're like, yeah, this is this is crazy, and they're just laughing. Well, they're also the arbiters. So, like, what if I apply to college as a transgender woman? Right. They get to decide whether I was being honest or not. Yeah. Or at the workplace when, like, they're in these HR roles and, like, they, they, they can judge you for, like, well, like, the, <laughs> like the, you can't, like, 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 like in corporate America, you can't, you, you, you gotta be careful what you Are you, you say, transgendered enough? That's going to become a question. Yeah. And then, like, there's these, like, weird contradictions that people point out all the time that are very important. But the things <laughs> like, someone, like, are black men the new white man of... Black people or something. Who said that? That's hilarious. It was some article. Like, it may have been a bullshit article just trying to exaggerate things. But, like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's just, if that's, if that is where the humor is. Is that actually are... the question that you can ask? I saw hilarious. that. Qu- I saw that as, like, a title of something, and it may have been completely fake. But, but the it, jokes, the jokes are being told by the people, right? Like, that kind of question, I could see that being a legitimate question yeah. now. Like, that, that was my thesis. Mm-hmm. Like, wait, what? My PhD thesis had asked the question, are black men the new white men of black men? Mm. Yeah. Wait, what? What? Yeah. <laughs> really? That's not a joke? No. No, that's not a, it's not funny. But that's it's hilarious. But that's that's where the, but like, in any seriousness of that, like, that's where the, I mean, the danger here is, is it's so Marxist in nature. I mean, like, that's, that's kind of like how. Well, that Mar- may or may not be the danger, right? Because, like, the, the thing is you have to divorce yourself from the ideology because, like, the ideology, like, plenty of people don't think it's dangerous. That's fine. But, like, I, what I see as dangerous, and I, I, I personally do think that Marxism is not something, or communism generally is not something that I personally, uh, I, it has some merits, but, like, I don't, I, I, I personally do not want to adopt wholeheartedly any principles uh, of that ideology. I think that there's a lot of big problems with it. Um, but I don't think it's as black and white as people make it out to be, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that there is, that it's a, at the very least, like, an interesting piece of like the historical puzzle when it comes to understanding where we are, how governments are constructed, what they look like. Um, you know, cause like there are plenty of countries that have elements of socialistic sort of uh, things that work really well. Right. Even in the United States, um, we have all sorts of things, but like when countries go full bore, try to become like a Marxist state th- that often has caused giant amounts of problems. Mm. Um, so like there are leftist ideas that are fine. Right. And there are right ideas that are very wrong. Um, so, like, that needs to be, like, emphasized. But uh, but I, I do have a problem when ideas can't be discussed and when no, there's no humor mm. anymore. The humor is dead. 
Like comedians are sort of the like canaries in the coal mine for all this. And they years ago said they stopped playing like like mainstream like Jerry Seinfeld types. We don't play college campuses anymore. Well, I think even they more than that, that, I think like sure you don't play college campuses, but more than that, when like comedians start going to jail for shit, you know, mm. like I mean, there's there's oh a, the, like the or, or the or Count, even just Count Dankula, yeah, that guy. He he just got he just got put in jail because he uh, he trained his his uh, girlfriend's pug. To do a Hitler salute, right? When uh, when he said "gas the Jews," yeah, which is tasteless, but, but maybe it, funny. But but it's it's humor. That's all it's, it is. It's just humor. Like you get to decide whether you're going to laugh at humor or not. Yeah. Um, you don't have to laugh, but like you can even you can even point out how tasteless it is. But like, oftentimes tasteless humor is very funny. Mm-hmm. He avoided jail time, but he. Did get fined. He got he got fined, and I think he got charged. Right. Well, the, he's under it, house arrest, I believe. Whatever happens to him, he got charged. Like fourth, just that for 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 a joke. And, and that's and the other thing that bothers me. And how like, and it how seems I, like a global movement. Yeah. Like how I feel if, if you've if if you've ever read the book uh, "Things Fall Apart" by Chino Achebe, it's this book about this like black guy in I, Africa. I, black, obviously. I have Africa. that book. I had to read it for a class in college, but I I had okay. to, I only read it in a day. And so I don't let me let me summarize it. it for you. The, the Christians come in <laughs> and they basically set up Christian camp, mm-hmm. and uh, and the tribe the the tribal structure of this tribe particularly falls apart, and the main character has a lot of trouble because his son becomes a Christian and he himself wants to hold on to the old ways. Mm-hmm. He ends up. Like he he he's like everyone's becoming Christian, quasi modernizing, which is an interesting perspective on what Christianity does to these cultures. They quasi modernize. They build a church. Um, he hangs himself. All right, he does like Harry Kari, uh, and it's because he feels so hopeless and useless. And honestly, like I look at the modern culture and I look at where things are going, and I have no way to process these fucking discussions because mm. there's no humor in them. And I just feel like the world has either grown past me or I'm a complete moron. One of the two is true. So if you feel that way, no, I'm kidding, but that, that, that's how I feel about this whole thing. Like it's, it's very like, it's, it's uh it's very disconcerting. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it, it, it. I have no, I have no tools in my toolbox to discuss these issues. Yeah. Which is, is something that you personally, it's a first for you. I've never experienced that ever in my life. Right. Never. And I, like, I've never been afraid to talk about things. Not that I'm afraid to talk about this so much. Like, fine, I'll fucking talk about it. But like, I understand the risk. Well, everybody, I mean, anybody listening knows, you know. Yeah. You don't hold, you don't no, hold don't back when it goes to talking about anything. Like, and it's not that you're holding back. It's just there's you, fucking it's hard risks to, to it, and that like yeah. blows my mind. Like, where, like what kind of world do we live in that there's these things that are risky to talk about in in such a way as to like have I don't know. Like Sam Harris is a good example. Sam Harris is this atheist. Mm-hmm. He's known as one of the four four horsemen of of new atheism, mm-hmm. um, with, along with Hitchens, uh, Dawkins, Dawkins, and Daniel and Bennett. Who is it? Daniel Bennett. Dan- Daniel Dennett. Dennett. Yeah. Dennett. He looks like Santa. Yeah. Also. So like. You know these these are the, these guys have always been uh, phenomenally famous. They mm-hmm. were kind of like uh, particularly among the skeptics movement, which was uncontroversial except among like Christians a couple years ago. Now he he talks about like people attacking him. Vox writes articles about him on the regular about how he's a racist, mm. and it's very weird to me because like he, he characterizes it as attacks on atheism. And I look at that and I'm like, but these people attacking you are also probably atheists. Yeah. 
So I don't know. Like he himself seems like he's unable to parse the like parse the goings on of this entire thing. And I don't know exactly where like that goes either. Right. Because he's he's very like he's always been before perceived as like a liberal. Well, I've never and seen the one anyone thing like he, he was a hero to people. Right. For like all of the ways in which he was willing to stand up and against he, like Christian like pr- uh, pragmatism. And when that becomes critical of Islam, which is what he gets attacked for being racist mostly of, stupidly, that's when that's 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 when he's like. Are you kidding? Like, you know. Well, my point is, I don't know how to evaluate whether it's stupid or not. I, I don't even care. To me, that's not the relevant question. Mm. Like, why is there? Why are there ideas that like you get shouted down for? Mm. Like that you can't even discuss. Like this idea is so dangerous it can't be discussed. Mm. I, I don't. I don't. Uh, you know, is it? Is it? It's weird because it, it gets dystopian in a weird way that isn't coming from like. A centralized source like you know in history we, or you know novels we think of like oh is the future going to be dystopian like 1984 or brave new world and both of those scenarios it kind of comes from a very central government that in, enacts the dystopia it's, it's even weirder Th- than that this this kind of just emerges like in a weird Dude, way the brett from... weinstein stuff at like evergreen college is the most disturbing of all the videos you've seen that uh, I, I think so. I Did think I watched to, it way back. They when fucking first, lock yeah. everyone in the in, into a room and tell oh, they're not they, allowed to leave. Yeah, where they're like addicted, and, the, and they have like a weird anarchy like based system of governing. Um, they went around campus with bats. There's mm. an instance of them assaulting a guy on video. Mm. Um, the whole thing is very disturbing, and like it, it, to me, I look at that I'm like that's that's not 1984. That's not like Brave New World. It's it's a different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I don't know what kind of dystopia that that leads to, but I, I do think it's like some kind of dystopia. Mm. It's very very weird, and the problem is that I see it taking foothold. Mm. Like it used to be a fringe element, but now like I don't know, forty to fifty percent of people seem to sympathize with those ideologies mm. in some way. Like I don't know that they would tell you they sympathize with them, but I hear on I, I hear everyone using the word privilege nowadays. Everybody. Mm. Well, we talked about it last time, but you had, I mean, just in your church group, you had that past. Yeah. Time. Fucking like t- discussing like who the victims are, the notion of like a victim hierarchy. Mm. Like these are things that are like purported by these groups. They are pushed by these groups. The idea of a victim hierarchy is like a central theme in, in these groups. Um, and it's a very problematic perspective to have like hierarchy of victims because then you end up going after people like Asian Americans or Asians generally just for having like generally high IQs. Mm. Um, and I, I don't think they've been attacked yet, but they will be. So I, like I see that as like a huge problem, mm. and I don't know where this goes because like I think that in other countries where they're not experiencing this yet, they don't understand that this is actually pervasive. And I've never seen a quicker like ideological turnaround in, in like a society ever. Mm. It's so fucking fast. This took two years, maybe three. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's weirdly taking, like you said, it's taking foothold. It's something that is like not slowing down in how far and deep it gets. Right. It's increasing. And that's my point is like, who's wrong? Am, am I really like, it, did, did society just pass me? And like, I'm sitting here like, I have no tools in my tool belt. I'm unprepared for this. And those tools exist. Or, or am I right in saying, like, this is an absurd conversation. Those tools don't exist. And nobody will ever develop tools for them. And the only thing that you can do is virtue signal. Or is virtue signaling fake? Is that a, is that a fake idea for some reason? Like, I, 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 am, out of, I am out of my depth when mm. it comes to discussing a lot of this stuff, is, is how it feels. Mm. 
Remember, we've admitted that. You have this great little story about this uh, secretary here, this 96-year-old. I saw this. <laughs> like, I, I thought it was interesting because she donated uh, all her money when she died. Yeah, she donated like she had like a fortune of millions that she gave to like some college funds or something for underprivileged kids. But it said that she was a secretary her whole life and she made the money by gambling. Ga- yeah, <laughs> basically. Well, Roulette. She, she was she well she was working for all these attorneys and bankers and was just like looking at what they were putting their money in because she was managing their money or at least like their statements or something and was like oh well if they're putting in. $100,000 in this. I'm going to put like my small amount of money in the same thing. And she ended up with a lot of money. What I wanted to like think about was like see how much money she could have amassed versus just investing in the S&P 500 because I best, you know, it may have been more than that. Might have been. I, no one knows what her salary is. I mean, she's a secretary for bankers, so like she might have been making 200000 a year or something obscene. Well, it sounded like it was mostly lawyers that may have been working with bank people. So she had, like in other words, she, she was seeing financial statements enough. She was seeing enough data to be like, that's where I'm going to put my money in. And she donated it all, which is kind of cool. That's amazing. She, at Hunter College. Um, who know what, what happens if these institutions go away, though? <laughs> well, what happens when you give it away to like a thing that just squanders it? Yeah. Um, there's that book that a few people in, like I think Paul Sports first brought up called Elephant in the Brain. Yeah. Um, and there's a part. I'm gonna read that. It's it's pretty interesting. Uh, Did you read it? I'm almost. I, I'm like a few. Yeah, I'm like more than halfway through it. Um, but like going back to what you said about like. Uh, the guy applying finance to gambling, um, these head, it tells us where these hedge fund like analysts that wanted to give away some of the money that they made, they made a lot of money to charity. So they analyzed these different charities as if they would analyze like a fund to see like where they could get the most bang for their buck. Okay, and they f- they realized how much like how inefficient these charities, yeah. or they called these charities up to get information that should be really basic and like easy to get, and they like had trouble finding them. So they actually started an organization to like monitor and like basically assess these charities to see like if, if i put a dollar in here like well, you know how far does my dollar go um and there's tales of people like letting their like investing like millions of a university and they spent it on like something really fucking dumb like if, there's a specific instance and of the this university bought a boat and the guy like the guy like saw where his money went was like he felt horrible he was like this is the like went to like their sports team and he was hoping he was going to go to a library yeah and it was. I think uh, it's, when you give money, you have to earmark it. You have to like just write off as you like. Have to earmark it. No, you have to earmark it. If you're like, what, I'm what giving it, this it, in in order to make a oh, know, build yeah. a library. Yeah, because like who knows what they're going to do with it? They yeah. may, they may like you know. And on my fun stories, did you, do you know who David Price is? No, neither did I. Well, David Price is a pitcher for the Boston Red Sox. Apparently, he is a star pitcher. Uh-huh. They paid something like two hundred million dollars for him. Um, the last few weeks, he's been pitching terribly. Okay. He has carpal tunnel. Oh. And they think it's caused by Fortnite. Are you serious? <laughs> Are you serious? Oh, yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, it's hilarious. Dude, I, I haven't played I got to get a yet. Fortnite plug in every single like, you, episode here. So I know. Um, but, like, yeah, they, they think that he might have, like, had this happen as a result of, like, Fortnite play. Apparently, the Red Sox team... And apparently a number of other, like, sports teams are, uh, are, are just, like, playing tons and tons of Fortnite at, at halftime this, and at other times. This blows my mind because when you started bringing it up more and more, like, yeah. I knew of people that were playing yeah. it. But I was like, this is just the game of the day. Uh-huh. This is just no, 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 popular dude. game. It's, it's the best game I've ever played. And I, I don't play a lot of games, so, like, that's a hard statement for me to make. Right. And I used to play a lot. So, yeah. like, it's just another game to me. Dude, but it, it's so fucking fun. <laughs> but it also says that games are getting better and better to where, like, they're having weird well, effects. Like, it's, it's like this, Sean. Like, you can play the game. You can lose, like, two seconds after starting it. 
and then you can start another game mm-hmm. like right after that with a hundred other people. Well, it, it's it's quick and it's it, you're getting that like adrenaline rush Dude, of it's like fucking just constant adrenaline, and you also have a chance at winning every time. And like, there's no special reward for winning; you just win. Yeah. But like, fucking a. Like oh, man. you, you ju- it just feels great. I may play it soon. I, you I have to try. Like, like the I, show, the show will never be recorded again if you do. I It'll know. Be like, Why can't I just play Fortnite? <laughs> well, we'll just we'll just like Twitch and we'll we'll, we'll stream yeah. it. Well, the thing is, is like I go through cycles of like, oh, I kind of feel like playing a game, and then like I have to like let that feeling ride, and then I go back to like that, that's what I playing. do. But this is different. This one just sucked you just, in, just kept you. It's so fucking fun. Huh. It's just so fun. Like, try it. Like, give it a try. Uh, if you're an adult uh, and you are sick of your life, instead of committing suicide, um, play Fortnite. Are you? And you're playing it just on the PS4? Yeah, dude. And it's only and Xbox. Because I'm I'm PC Master Ace, but dude, I may pick up a console at some point. Dude, you know what's really fucking hard? <laughs> there there are sometimes problems that I encounter in it, and so like I'll Google the issue that I need to like have solved. So you know, and and every single thread is fucking awful it's like i you know this happens in my ps4 game can't figure it out um can someone give me some suggestions first comment always should have got a pc <laughs> <laughs> like god i'm so glad i'm not playing on console console idiot yeah like everyone i've never seen a solution to a ps4 problem always like right you're an idiot haha playing ps4 stupid it's like the, the elitist of yeah. gaming they're like the biggest stop uh-huh. it's hilarious yeah all right, but I like I like the controller feel too, and I used to have Dude, a PlayStation I love the controller. Younger, it's so fun. That it's, it's nice and easy. Oh wait, do we do we want to talk about the rape thing? Did sure. you see this? Uh, I thought this was kind of interesting. This was in reason. Um, so a guy and a girl hook up and go home drunk together. They're both college students. Okay. And immediately, like the day after, the guy goes to the university and reports her for rape. And she's apparently filing suit against the university because she's claiming it was a re- it was just. Basically, she says that she slept with or she had an interaction with one of his friends and she reported him, the friend, and her claim was that this guy did it because he was trying to get back at her for for his friend. But it seems like it was more he didn't mean for what happened to happen and was like, she's going to file a complaint against me. So he me, did it. So he did it first. That's the great game theory strategy. Which is exactly what you have to do <laughs> in that case, which is fucked up, and I hate that whole thing of like... It's retarded. But It's disgusting. It is, but he... But he was probably right. She probably would have done. She probably would have done that because it was like you know they they both had alcohol. Well, she probably filed it on his friend on a technicality. Yeah, but the reason article goes into like like what happens like when when both people claim rape against each other. Like, I don't know. It just I see more shit. Can like two this. people rape each other? Well, that's the question because she's going to claim that he raped, he raped her, her and, he's and she's claiming claim that, that she raped, raped him. him. And he he filed first. He filed first. The university is is like against her in this. Because it's whoever gets there first, which just shows you how fuck the whole university system is for that. I guess it's fucking funny. But like, if I was if I was back in college, this is the thing. Like everyone said, like like you, if you are going to claim rape um, when it's not like a legitimate rape, mm-hmm. um, then you are degrading rape, right? Because now you have these situations where like rape's just something you have to report. Like like are more and more guys going to just do this? I, I, like, I think that like the weird solution is going to be something like everyone has to file like a form every time they have sex with somebody detailing what they believe happened. Always. 
Well, I think you have to get a license for sex or something. Maybe. It's got to be something like, oh, like, well, he doesn't have a license for sex, like, so it's very likely that he raped her. If you go to university, and I mean, it, it always tends to be these fucking you know, universities. Like, like, fill out a form. Did you have sex with someone? Yes, yeah. I did. What's her name? This. Right. Uh, what happened? Here's what happened. Just in case. Like, on record, she has to do the same. Yeah. You fill it out. Um, and then, like, three weeks later, uh, if she files rape or you file rape, then, like, those are affidavits that you have, like, filled out, yeah. ready to go. That, that that's like the only solution I could like see working here. If if everyone's gonna just start like cl- declaring rape on that's, everybody, I don't know how you go back. By the way, that's that's my big issue here. How do you like go back to where this isn't the the world we live in? Right. There's just there's certain things that humans are that are being like that's such a weird that's such a fucked up world. Like, where do you, where do you go from that? I don't know. I mean, you just said it, but like. I don't. I don't know where you go. Like, like sex, sex becomes such a risky, weird, like, le- like legality thing. Yeah. Well, may- may- maybe, maybe that you end up like, or you go back to like traditional only, monogamy only in marriage. It makes it makes more and more sense to like. <laughs> it's just, have a it's just very thing. interesting to me that like the, the culture when you like degrade like the, the nature of sex. Um, I, I mean, like this it makes a strong case for why it's really funny. Like, why should you be celibate until marriage? Um, well, the, the answer used to be because God told you so. Now it's because if you if you aren't, you raped her. Yeah. Which is very fucked up. But like, apparently, that's that's the actual answer. Which is, it's crazy. Uh-huh. I never I never thought I would like support traditional well, monogamy. I'm not saying like, I support it, <laughs> but, like, I can definitely see, like, that being a really good argument for why, like... I mean, like, what are you going to say? Like, well, you, in order to navigate this, you... you in order to uh, mitigate this, in order to do this, you actually have to date a woman for, like, six months, and then, like, you, you go through some, you know, steps. You, like, because, like, these things, like, can I kiss you? Can I reach my hand up your shirt? Mm-hmm. Can I unbutton your pants? Like, like, every stage where they're saying, like, you have to get consent for every stage, like, I get that. Because that's what you do in, like, a traditional relationship. You, you, you progress. You, you like say, hey, like we've, we've gotten this far. Can I kiss you? You know, like you don't ask necessarily, but like well, you it's get not, to a it's point not really a it's verbal. Like, it's not really right, a verbal it's, thing. It's more, it's more of like, like a, let me try this. Stage, and, like I'm going to yeah. touch your arm. Do you respond well? Okay, so like this is our third date. I'm going to kiss you. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, interesting. Um, you wait that long? Yeah, we're, <laughs> this, is our, this is our fourth date yeah. um, or fifth date. We're sitting at my house. We're watching a movie. Like, I'm going to kiss you while we watch the movie mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe caress your back. And, like, it progresses. And that's, you know, that, that's kind of just, tra- it's always been sort of traditional relationship uh, progression. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then, and then there are these, like, sort of religious restrictions, like, you don't have sex until marriage. But, like, what, what do you do in a world where, like, for the purpose of, I don't know, legal consensual sex, you have to, like, go through that entire process? It gets very funny because you just end up back where, like, I don't know, the Christian's... <laughs> The Christians told you you had to be. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think that's everything today. What, you want to, Sean? Tell people where people can find you. They can find me on Cam Four, uh, and if they don't want to see my dick, they can find me in the ETH Plus Dojo. That's good. And I'm John Seth. I'm in ETH Plus. You can find me on Telegram as ETH Plus on Twitter. At, or sorry, I'm in ETH Plus <laughs> on Telegram as John Seth on uh, Twitter as John Seth, and uh, I am everywhere there is a John Seth except where I'm not. This is Jonathan checking up the Deuce of the South. The Mass is going to go in peace. St. Catherine, pray for us.